You ready? 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 One, two, three, four! No fashion anyway. But the friend. 
Warning, the following podcast features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers groups. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Missy AE podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Missy AE podcast. Tonight, we bring to you Sports Whispers Weekly, where we talk nothing but sports for the duration of the show. And I am, of course, your host, Steve. I am uh, uh, obviously every single every single Saturday night. And a reminder for anybody who has missed any of our previous shows, uh, we just got done with the Survivor 44 recap podcast this past Thursday night. You can catch that live uh, or, yeah, live technically on the archives. Uh, by going to blogtalkradio.com slash missyae, or you can find us on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, any of the other major podcast networks. Uh, you find You can find us anywhere, basically. So we have a lot to get to tonight. We have WrestleMania currently underway, night one of a two-night edition of WrestleMania. A couple of big banger matches already in the books here. Uh, We will discuss a little bit, a little bit of these. And obviously, you know, as the night goes on, there'll probably be a couple of, uh, a couple, maybe a couple of surprises uh, that we'll get the chance to talk about. Uh, Let me bring in Lou. Uh, Lou, start, uh, Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it to uh, to your show uh, earlier tonight. I apologize. Something ha- had uh, had come up. You wouldn't believe the crowd we have anyway, Steve. It was a it was almost it was almost a record setter. Really? We have about thirteen or fourteen people. Oh wow! Yeah, so it yeah. was pretty. It, 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 it was pretty crowded then. Uh, yeah, we had some yeah, new followers. We had, we had my uncle. We had my cousin. Um, and most of the regular crowd. Only thing we had was my my uh, lawyer, agent, and accountant. That was it. Huh. Well, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I was I wasn't able to join in earlier today because something ended up coming up that uh, I thought maybe I'd get the opportunity to to call in, but uh, I, it was just, it was just completely busy where I was. So at least you hear me. I will not be doing a show next Saturday. Next Saturday, okay. All right, I'll keep yeah. that in mind. I'm not. I mean, I, I don't know what else you're gonna do, but because it is Eastern Passover, and I feel kind of weird doing a show the day before a big holiday like that. So you know. True. New, yeah, New Year's well, because yeah, New Year's I don't do it because everybody's trying to get back to from being hungover. Thanksgiving, obviously not. New Year, Christmas, obviously not. You know, so. Those are the four days that, you know, I think I better off not doing a show on that week. You, you get the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's it's honestly pretty much, uh, it, I mean, there's a reason why we didn't have a show for Thanksgiving for, uh, or for Christmas or New Year's this year anyways, uh, for the, for Sports Whispers Weekly. And that's kind of, kind of the, you know, the same line of thinking. I don't yeah. know if there will be a show next week. Um I will have to make a decision on that uh closer we get to uh closer we get to it. Um Right. 
But we do have a lot to a lot to cover tonight. Like I mentioned, we have WrestleMania 39 currently going yes, on yes. in at SoFi Stadium, uh, home of the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, currently, night one of a two-night WrestleMania. Uh, we have March Madness to cover because uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but over the past week on Wheel of Fortune, they actually had WWE wrestlers on. I wonder if you caught it. Uh, you know, I knew about it, but I didn't get, I didn't get the chance to watch it. Uh, I do know that they had Xavier Woods, uh, they had Drew McIntyre, uh, as well as I believe they had Liv Morgan. Um, I can't exactly remember, uh, the full list, but I know that they did have, uh, that, that was basically their way of cross promoting WrestleMania by bringing in, uh, you know, by having, uh, wrestlers. Uh, well, join as uh, within Los Angeles, so go figure. Right. Yeah. Right. Ex- exactly. That they had. Uh, you know, they were in Los Angeles all week. So, um, yeah. obviously, you know that it's a it's a good way for them to basically cash in on everything that was that they were doing. Uh, I do know they also had. Um, you know they've had they've had previous WWE stars before uh, be in Celebrity Wheel right. of Fortune. So, oh yeah, and this was a whole week. Yeah, that's that's the thing too because it was a tournament basically. Yeah. But so uh, I tonight, to all, uh, so I wanted uh, to learn all the wrestling fans about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that uh, most wrestling fans are were pretty much on ta- uh, uh, you know, on top of it. Uh, for yeah. me, you know, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I haven't really watched Wheel of Fortune in God knows how many years. So I know. Um, you know, but, it didn't really. It did. It. it I, I guess. You know, may, maybe if I if I was a, if I was a little bit younger, like if I was a couple of years younger, I probably would have caught it because usually right. whenever there was something WWE related, I would always make sure to watch literally every single, every single thing WWE related on, uh, yeah. on television. Well, I remember the first one, actually. I remember the first WrestleMania back in 19, whatever, 85, and like, you know, that was a big thing. Yes. Yeah, with, uh, with Hogan and Mr. T against uh, Roddy Roddy Piper, and I believe it was Paul Orndorff. Yes, but still wonderful. Yes, and you know, obviously, you know, here's the here's the thing that that people may not realize. I mean, obviously, you know, wrestling is obviously fake. Well, not fake, but it's scripted, uh, and you know, there's there's obviously a whole a whole entire uh, like the the athleticism is real, uh, yeah. but obviously, it's everything is predetermined. So, right. You know the the but the thing is when you have events like WrestleMania take place, that's when you actually get the big stars uh, to show up. I mean, yeah. you've had you've had you know, for example, Cindy Lauper, Pete Rose, yeah. uh, and you know, there's various celebrities uh, that have shown up in the past. Uh, to pass WrestleManias, I believe Regis Philbin was was at one as well. Uh, Pamela yeah, Anderson. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, at WrestleMania, uh, what 
which which one was which one was one of the one of the more notable ones. Uh, I do know they they had Burt Reynolds at WrestleMania ten. They had Joan Rivers at okay. WrestleMania two. Uh, I mean, just just taking a taking a look at some at some of the celebrities that they've had. They've had Johnny Knoxville wrestle in, wrestle in a match. Yeah. Uh, Jenny McCarthy was the valet of Shawn Michaels one of yeah. the years. Uh, they had Colin Jost and Michael Che from Saturday Night Live. Uh, they participated in a Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal uh, that they did one year. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, there's been a ton of people. Uh, Pee Wee Herman was even there once. Uh, I mean, I could continue to name names here, but uh, basically whenever there's a WrestleMania, that's usually when you see all of the big stars, like all uh, all of the celebrities. Uh, get involved. So I mean, it's it's literally it's a it's a very serious. Uh, a, it's sort of like a suit the Super Bowl of wrestling events. Sure. And this one is no exception. Uh, obviously, Wrestle, WrestleMania 39 is taking place in uh, L.A. this year. And I got to tell you, just from what we've seen so far. Uh, we we're in our third match right now with Seth uh, Seth Rollins against uh, social media superstar Logan Paul, who yeah, has now turned into into a professional wrestler. Uh, yeah. And my I add, you know, he is he is a very good wrestler for somebody with with limited experience. Uh, the kid has impressed me a hell of a lot more than Jake Paul has uh, in boxing. Yeah. So, I mean, Logan Paul ended up, just to give some perspective here, uh, as to to how tough Logan Paul is, he ended up tearing essentially his entire knee in in his last match. Uh, He ended up tearing practically his entire knee, and he went on to wrestle the entire rest of that match on that torn knee. I mean, he completely tore his MCL, his ACL, his PCL. He tore literally every single ligament in his knee. And, I mean, he put on one hell of a banger. This is a, this is a guy who has been involved with the bigger names in the WWE in recent years. And, I mean, you know, this is a – He's coming in basically with very little experience, and he's putting on, you know, some pretty spectacular matches on very, uh, you know, on big pay-per-views. So, yeah. um, I mean, this match with with Seth Rollins is, you know, just another another example of, uh, of one of those. Uh, but we did have two other matches. Uh, Austin Theory successfully defended his United States championship against John Cena, uh, making what, what was very odd about this, Lou, is many people would would equate John Cena to Hulk Hogan, essentially. Wow. Where, you know, how Hogan was big in the 80s. Uh, well, Hogan was big in the 80s and big in the 90s. John Cena right. is basically this generation's Hulk Hogan. You're lucky my nephew's not. He likes he likes uh, Cena. 
Yeah, and the the thing about the about tonight is this is the first maybe the first time in Cena's career since he became big that yeah. he looked pedestrian. That mm. he literally looked like uh like he had lost a few steps in the ring. And it's very odd because people like me, you know, you know, kids like me who have who grew up with John Cena being our Hulk Hogan, uh, yeah. it's very odd to, you know, to, to watch tonight and see that go down. But Austin Theory, they're building him up basically to be the next John Cena, it looks like. So uh, this was a necessary win uh, for him to end up having. Uh, the second match, they had what I call the spot fest where basically you have these huge high uh high uh moments for uh for fans to react about and you had Braun Strowman and Ricochet the Street Profits uh Alpha Academy and the Viking Raiders with the Street Profits winning uh thus getting a future WWE Tag Team Championship title shot uh as a result of it and I mean it was just Spot. It, it was spot after spot, Lou. Like you, you know how how they call WrestleMania, WrestleMania the granddaddy of them all. This uh, is where literally all where where wrestling saves all of their big moments. Sure, is for WrestleMania. Oh yeah. Well, I'm a, well, I'm an originator from WrestleMania because you know that happened when that happened. I think uh, either I was in junior high or I was in my uh, freshman high school buzzer beater for San Diego State. Holy mackerel. Oh yeah, San Diego, San Diego, you know San Diego State. Uh, FAU was actually leading, I believe, for pretty much most of the uh, most of the of the game, weren't they? I wasn't able to see the game actually, but I heard about it. Oh my goodness! Well, yeah, San Diego, San Diego State on a on a buzzer beater, seventy-two to seventy-one. They punched their ticket to the national title game set for Monday night. And they will meet the winner of UConn in Miami, which has now gone live with uh, UConn holding a nine to two lead right now over Miami, uh, very early on in the contest. So actually, I think maybe I might be a little bit behind. I don't know. I'm I'm just going off of the uh, off of the online score here. Yeah, but. And you know it is kind of, it is it is very wild, Lou, how this tournament has has uh, has turned up to where you had in the in the final four for the first time in God knows how long there were no top three seeds in the final four. I think that happened. Hmm, I'm trying to remember the last time that happened. Been a while. Yeah, it, it, I I can't I can't I can't remember exactly how far back, but I know I know it's definitely been quite a quite a while since that's happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, I gotta tell you though, UConn, honestly, they're looking like the team to beat right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I know San Diego State got off to a, you know, they they've had quite a few uh, quite a few close wins, uh, including. 
including the ultimate shocker of knocking off Alabama. But I mean, you, you just you got to take a look at the at the road that UConn had to go through. They beat Gonzaga, or not not just beat, they obliterated now, Gonzaga. That, that game was a disaster from the beginning. I mean, I really thought that that was going to be a much closer battle, and instead, it got whooped. And you know, that's that's the thing that we talked about last week was what the uh, hell happened? You know, you, you know, would be would the the veteran leadership of Gonzaga propel them past UConn or would UConn, you know, would UConn's momentum just be too much? And I got to tell you, I, you know, I thought UConn would probably pull it off, but I wasn't expecting such a huge blowout that we saw. I mean, just wow. Like my, my brain exploded when I saw, uh, literally the just exactly the the deficit. Uh, I believe it got to as much as I think forty point deficit at one point. Yes, twenty eight. It, it was it was basically like UConn could rest some of their starters and just have the bench play the entire rest of the game. Yeah. Not just that, they also you know they they also got uh, obliterated Arkansas who had what many people considered to be the consensus number three uh, draft pick in the upcoming NBA draft in in Nick Smith Jr. And, you know, they made Arkansas look like they didn't even belong in the the tournament. Yeah. So I mean, I I really thought that was going to be a better game, and instead it was anything but. That game was over from the word go. Right. Yeah, it, it's it's insane, honestly, Lou. To ju- just take just looking at, uh, you know, the road that that uh, that UConn has had to has had to go through to get here. Uh, so assuming UConn can can uh, stave off Miami and punch their ticket to the national title, uh, the national title game. Who do you have on uh, on Monday night? I got to go my Huskies. Yeah, it, you know, it really seems like UConn just has all the momentum at this point. Well, you know my motto. Or maybe you don't right. know my motto. No, I don't. Th- I don't think I do actually. You can't do it. Oh yes, you can. You can do it, and I think you can. I would be very surprised. I'll put it that way. With the way that they, with their, with their height, and the way they've been able to shoot all tournament long, I would be very surprised if UConn doesn't pull this off tonight and doesn't pull it off on Monday night. Yeah, because right now. I mean, San Diego State is, you know, their shooting is one thing, but I mean, you, UConn just seems, and may, maybe I'll be wrong about this. Maybe I'll be wrong about this, but it just seems like UConn is probably the hottest shooting team in the entire tournament. I like it. I like it. So, and you know, this, this is easily the biggest threat that UConn has been since the Kemba Walker uh, championship win. Oh, yeah. So, 
and I can't. I, I'm very excited to see how this is how this is going to turn out. With uh, obviously, obviously, hopefully, UConn can get through Miami tonight and not have to worry. Uh, you know, fans won't it, fans it, won't it, have it, to it, worry it, about uh, the guy made. Yeah, that, that, you see, that's what, that's the thing I kind of think of here is Gonzaga was considered to be one of the toughest uh, one of the toughest teams in the tournament. And if you yeah. can get by Gonzaga, and not just get by Gonzaga, but completely blow out Gonzaga, you shouldn't have any problems winning the national title. Yeah. But at the same time, the national title, you know, it, yeah. you know it's the national championship is basically like the NBA finals. You know, you're it's it's the big stage essentially. So. I mean, obviously, yeah. You you know, UConn has this history of being national champions before, but will you you know will UConn be able to? Let's assume that they get that they get past Miami and they punch their ticket to the national title game. Will they be able to you know shine on the biggest stage? Yeah. And I mean San Diego State, honestly, San Diego State, you would probably you would probably think, okay, San Diego State, uh, you should be asking that question about because San Diego State hasn't you know, San Diego State hasn't been there. Yeah, well, but to come this far. I mean this would this would have, you know, set a record for the lowest seed to get into a final. The the lowest seed to ever get in was Villanova back in nineteen eighty five and they beat Georgetown. Wow. So, oh, wait, what, what seed? What seed was Villanova that year? Eighth. Um, actually, that that wouldn't be the lowest then, because FAU, if they had gotten, if they had no, gotten no, past no, San Diego, to win, it. to win it. Oh, to win it. Oh, okay. Wow. So, so this has this has the this has the potential to. Uh, to set to, to set some sort of record to, uh, on on Monday night, that should be uh, very enticing to to uh, to possibly watch here. Yeah, you know, uh, obviously, still plenty still plenty of game to go uh, so far tonight. But I mean, it's fourteen to four right now for my uh, for UConn, uh, well, Miami. But fourteen to four with this early, with this much time of the game, that's really nothing. No. No, it's you know it's you can't really say that it's. Uh, I mean, obviously there's there's plenty of game left, but Especially it's not a good sign. Last week. Yeah, it's it's the thing. How the it's hell not a good is sign. I know. It, it's just it's just not a good sign if if you're starting off slow though, like Miami is, and UConn is starting off quick. Yeah, but you know. When Houston lost, you know, when we last week, um, lost the game up by 13 and you lost. I'm like, how is that going to happen? I know. It's, uh, you know, like I said, though, a lot of people seemingly overrated Houston yeah, this year. Yeah, that's right. So that could be, that could be uh, some sort of thinking to, uh, to keep in mind here. Uh, yeah. Is that Houston – Probably shouldn't have been rated a number one seed 
potentially in some people's minds. That was a little bit overrated. Yeah. I mean, compare Houston to teams like Alabama, uh, Mm. you know, like Alabama, Kansas, and who was the who was the other number one seed that was uh, that was cut off uh, early? Um, uh, Purdue. 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 Yeah. You know, there, there's been a couple of uh, a couple of number one seeds, but I mean, honestly, you know, you look at Houston. Houston's probably the least believable number one seed out of all of the the number ones that we had this year. Let me bring in. Uh, let me bring in Alex. How you doing, Alex? Oh yeah, Alex Calhoun calling from Stores, Connecticut. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm still yeah. in uh, Sun City, Florida, with Mom Wart. But I mean, just ecstatic, baffled. I mean, UConn just on fire. Got home. Yeah. Dinner. Of course, I got, a, I got a call into my favorite show. Of course, with my guys. But like, we just got back. I'm like, kids. I mean, they're just on fire. Oh yeah, defense, they're definitely their yeah. defense. College team in ten years. They. Every shot that um Miami even tries, they're just swarming. Like they they just oh, want yeah. more. Yeah, that's something I noticed. Uh not just Blue against color. not not just yeah. against Arkansas, but against Gonzaga. Just exactly how UConn they they've basically been swarming every every uh second chance opportunity, every loose ball. It's 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 yeah. basically a suffocating defense. Yeah, and I'll be the first to admit I've told I've told you and Lou and my guys before. You know, I'm still kind of enjoying the ride. I I just got into them the last couple of months, but I mean this defense yeah. now it's just getting better and better. Like I haven't seen defense defense like this in any college team in a couple of years. I mean, they're just they're just physically, effort wise, just outworking people. You know, it kind of makes you kind of makes you think that obviously if they can get past you know if if they can get past. Uh, Miami tonight that, you know, they have to face off against San Diego State, and San Diego State has had a couple of close games. Uh, They did upset Alabama, but I mean, honestly, uh, hopefully I'm not putting a curse on UConn here, but I just, I don't see how San Diego State can upset UConn. You like Steve, you're spot on. You You know how it goes, though, like that one little thing in the back of your mind that, you know, you get the cocky kids, oh, We've 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 gone through everyone. Now we just have this little cupcake. You know, maybe they go out and party. They don't think it's serious. They, I mean, they have to. Take it. They should. They should take it all. Yeah. But I mean, they until they do, nothing's guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, actually, I'm looking at I'm looking at the box score right now. Uh, the I only UConn. Nothing, bro. But I mean, standing of the state. God bless them. You know, hardworking team. Obviously not yeah. stellar elite team. Um, I personally, I I thought I was rooting for Florida Atlantic, and then and they also were in the driver's seat. So it's like, well, whatever, you know. Aztecs, good job. Hopefully the Huskies kick your ass Monday. Yeah, that's that's what basically what San Diego State's run to the championship game has been this entire tournament is that. They've basically come from behind for the most part on on yeah. all of these in all of these games except for the early games, except for the early games like the first two rounds. Once they hit the Sweet Sixteen, uh, you know they 
they basically were coming from behind. Yeah, now, not to, not, not to take away a nice comeback from 91, but I mean, uh, you know, Florida Atlantic, you know, was sitting in the driver's seat and handed the keys over. I mean, they're up one with 13 yeah. seconds. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Come on. Yeah. Florida Atlantic, I mean, I mean that's it's, crushing. In, in, in 40 years, a couple of the Florida Atlantic guys are going to be at a bar talking about how they lost that game. I mean, you can't do that. So, I mean, no. I don't see much in San Diego uh, Aztecs. Yeah. Florida was yeah, a more honestly, electric, more exciting, a sexier story. Florida Atlantic was, was the pick. You know, you know, honestly, Florida Atlantic is one thing, but UConn is another. You know, you're not going to oh, see yeah. UConn. You're not going to see UConn do what Florida Atlantic did and yeah, allow a team to that. come back in. Yeah, and I, I you know, we, the biggest thing, and I, I'll just I'll give a quick five seconds. I know our buddy is chiming in right quick, but I'll just finish my part with them. You know, it, I guess yeah. the difference between a Duke or Kansas versus Florida Atlantic. I mean, they're mm-hmm. deer in headlights. That kind of spot, you know, millions of people watching, they kind of end, you know, all the energy and positive energy and, you know, good vibes. It just, it ran out. I mean, they got to, you got to close that, that win. And that's just as big on a coach, too. I mean, yeah. I mean, t- take a look just, at UConn's they just, they run. That away. Yeah. Take, just, just take a look at UConn's run through, through this whole tournament. The first the round, 24, 24-point win. Second round, 15-point win. In the... In the uh, Sweet 16 against Ar- against Arkansas, 23 point win. And last no, no uh, last, uh, last round, 28 point win. I mean, it ju- it just seems like this suffocating defense has been basically terrorizing each team that they face. Yeah. And and another thing, I know I mentioned it last week, Steve. Um, just they literally are just. They're having new guys, you know, emerge and surface and step up every game. So, you know, last yeah. week it was Calcaterra, the big guy from – he grew up where, where I'm from back in the day in Connecticut. Obviously, I wasn't a hoopster. But, you know, seven-foot-two guy, just turned 18 years old. He's apparently NBA lottery pick. He, he's coming off yeah. the bench. The guy's running fast breaks, shooting yeah. threes. I mean, seven-foot-two. And then they have this guy, Calcaterra, uh, a transfer from San Diego. Like a you know twenty four year old six year senior, I never heard of the guy. He's the leading scorer in California high school history. He's coming off the bench. I mean, they're they're deep. Yeah. Uh, by, by the way, Alex, uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry I missed your call earlier today. Uh, things oh, were absolutely hectic. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm th- still today. That every week, every week it's like, up oh, maybe I'll leave, uh, and then I'm like, up oh, I'm clear. <laughs> yeah. Still in the sunshine state. Yeah, I, you know, I, I wasn't able to, uh, I wasn't e- able to even call into Lou's show earlier today because of. Uh, uh, it's all good. But... Yeah, so, something just completely, completely came up. I thought, yeah. you know, I'd be able to get some time away from it, but apparently not. Um, you we'll know what I'm that. noticing like, early like on. That. What I'm noticing early on here is take a look at the drastic difference in shooting. Forty-six point seven percent so far for UConn, twenty-eight point six percent for Miami. I'm, I mean, and again, I'm not trying to be cocky. I mean, no one. I don't care if it's Dan Hurley's wife or the dean of UConn. No one expected this. But yeah, Miami's already like, we're screwed. 
I yeah. mean, they're just hammering them right away. Just, well, I've never seen I mean, like it's it. a close game. It's a close game right now, a three-point deficit. You're right. For, You're right. For, uh, yeah, I walked away for a little bit. Yes. Of course, when I, I run my mouth a little bit, now it's, now it's getting close. <laughs> That's how life works. Well, I, I mean, you know, it's – or, okay, two-point deficit now, but – uh, Miami's at one too. I'm not. They're not. They're not going to bed. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying they're going to sleep. They're dangerous. Uh-uh. So, yeah. I mean, they're not going to sleep. No way. You know, and they've never been there. Which, so some people will be like, "Well, they don't belong there." But you know what? A bunch of guys enjoying playing hoops on a big stage. They don't feel yeah. the pressure. But, oh, no one expects us to be there. Let's play like we're on the playground. They're dangerous. They're playing without right. And right now the referees aren't the friends of uh, of UConn right now. Uh, so far six six fouls to three. And right yeah. now though the I only the you. only player the only player that's in foul trouble right now is Andre Jackson Jr. Uh, one of the guards. Interesting guy. Yeah, more nice player, more of a role player, more of a leader. I mean, they just have different. Like it's it's impressive. It's almost like an old like I don't want to say like Bulls or Lakers. But you know what I mean? There's like Seven or eight guys yeah. for five or ten minutes. One guy's kicking ass, and then you know, twenty minutes later, there's four other guys coming in off the bench. You're like, wow, which one's the guy? They're just dangerous. Yeah, it's it's uh, that's the thing about UConn is it seems like most of their most of their points are spread out, uh, except for tonight. So far, so far tonight, it looks like Sonogo is uh, picking up a majority of the points to start off early on. Uh, yeah, I mean, four or six, five six, shooting nine. already. Yeah, kind of like a Nigerian uh, bully, like Nigerian Charles Ugly. I mean, just a thug bully. Love the guy. And, and what, first five minutes, he's hit 30, he hits two uh, 30-footers back-to-back. <laughs> okay. Didn't know you were Dirk Nowitzki. Tie game now, guys. Yeah, we do have a tie game now. So. Oh, I know. Uh, I know. Actually, no, UConn just scored again. So it it is uh, it is very very close. We have, we haven't been here in years. I'm not counting anything for for granted. I almost I, you know I want a battle. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Miami's the I don't think I don't think we can expect a, I don't think we can expect a blowout honestly. No. In this no. one. No, no, not at all. No, obviously, you'd rather uh, you know enjoy the second half comfortably, but you know, hey, if this is a dog fight. So be it. Yeah. Uh, by the by the way, uh, since we're on the topic of basketball, uh, there has been a new CBA that has officially been agreed to between the NBA and the Players Association. Uh, according to ESPN, the deal will officially start with the with next season, uh, the 2023-2024 season, and. It includes a mutual opt-out after the sixth year. Right. And among the key elements of the deal, maybe the biggest one includes the curbing of the ability of the highest spending teams, such as the Golden State Warriors or the L.A. Clippers or the Boston Celtics, to continue running up salary and luxury tax spending while still maintaining mechanisms to add talent to the roster. Uh, 
the league, it says here, is implementing a second salary cap apron, which will be $17.5 million over the tax line. And those teams will lose several key team-building mechanisms, including the yep. taxpayer mid-level exception, utilizing cash and trades, moving first-round picks in drafts that are seven years away, free agent players in the buyout market and taking on more money than than is being sent out in trades. So this is their way of essentially trying to make everything more even, which I'm not sure I, 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 you know, I'm not sure I really like that to be perfectly honest, because why punish the fans and the players when the owner doesn't want to, doesn't want to spend the money. Right. I think this little week, I'm still, I'm still dreaming of a CBA where um, somehow Kyrie Irving is forced to stay in a straight jacket and, and apologize to everyone, you know, do errands. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, well, you know that's not going to happen. Right. Uber or Grubhub will be cold. You can do that for me, but whatever. Yeah, he should be banished <laughs> to uh, banished to the depths uh, of uh, the CBA or uh, Siberian uh, backup shooting guard or something. Karma, karma really owes Kyrie a lot. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, it definitely. And you know what? Uh, speaking of Kyrie, I mean, you take a look <laughs> at, at – you take a look at the uh, at the um, the Dallas Mavericks right now. They're not even in the playoff picture, so no. You know, it's just it's just another team that he has killed. And from what it looks like right now, it looks like they're they're gonna lose tonight to Miami. They're down by seven with about four minutes left. Uh, you know, it's it's possible that this whole Kyrie experiment is going to completely blow up in Mark Cuban's face. Good. Go back to Shark Tank. Now, the uh, other part of – so basically, uh, going back to the CBA agreement here, under these changes, you will have certain players that wouldn't have been able – to uh, be signed by their teams. So, for example, Golden State's Dante DiVincenzo, Milwaukee's Joe Inglace, Boston's Danilo Gallinari, Brooklyn's Patty Mills, and former Clippers guard John Wall wouldn't have been able to sign with those teams last summer if this deal was under effect uh, last summer. Also, the Clippers' acquisition of Norman Powell and Robert Covington last season would not, would also not be allowed as L.A. took on more money than they sent out in the deal with the Blazers. So basically, they're going to be forced to uh, – they're going to be forced to match salaries now every uh, in, in each deal. It's awful. Also, as a counter to those spending limitations, the new CBA also focuses largely on increasing opportunities for the vast majority of teams, both above and below the salary cap. 
Uh, it says here there will be new spending and trade opportunities for teams at the middle and lower spectrum of payrolls, including larger trade exceptions and new and expanded exceptions to the salary cap. Also, there's a less punitive system for teams at the lower end of the luxury tax. Uh, some of the other things, in an attempt to curb load management and lost games amongst our players, and yeah. this is actually uh, this is actually I think a good a good part of this CBA. The NBA is tying eligibility for postseason awards, such as All NBA teams and MVPs, to a mandatory 65 games played. Exactly. The, 60, the 65 game minimum, though, does come with some conditions. Uh, it, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the conditions are, but I assume uh, it would involve injury and whatnot. Uh, also, the in-season tournament is officially a go and no. could arrive no, as soon as next season. What is that, Lou? Dumb. It has no meaning. Right. It's you know it's kind of weird. It's it's almost like their own version of March Madness, I guess. But uh, oh, this is actually interesting, though. You know, we're uh, I'll I'll explain this in a minute. Uh, the okay. event will include pool play games baked mm-hmm. into the regular season schedule starting in November, with eight teams advancing to a single elimination tournament in December. The final four will be held at a neutral site, with Las Vegas being one of the prominent sites in the discussion. Each in-season tournament game would count toward regular season standings. The two finalists would ultimately play an 83rd game that would not count in the regular season. Winning players and coaches will also earn additional prize money. So basically what this sounds like to me is uh, what they're doing is they're eliminating having to face certain teams multiple times each season. I get it. I uh, get it. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, for example, for example, you won't see a team face another team four different times in a season. Right, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Okay. I mean, fair enough. It's not like egregious. Whatever. It is what it is. Also, uh, the NBA and the Players Association have agreed to increase the upper limits on extensions from a 120% increase to a 140% increase, which could have a significant impact on the futures stars like Celtics forward Jalen Brown. Oof. So, Dude, my guy, you better not. You, you guys better not let him leave Bean Town. He's still I know. developing. I know. It's almost like from uh, an outside view, just as an NBA fan, I almost sometimes look over at that all the Celtics team, and I can almost sense like this guy is so good. Quietly, he might be thinking they don't think I'm the man. I, like you know what I mean? He might want to go somewhere and be the man and be Tatum. Yeah. Okay. Something to consider. Now, under under the current rules, Brown would be allowed to sign a four-year extension worth $165 million. With wow. the extension rules increased to 140%, however, uh, he would be able to reach a four-year maximum of $189 million under this new rule. Wow. 
So that's so you're basically talking a like twenty-four a twenty-four million dollar increase. Now, can they can they offer him and lock him on that right now, or is that like a wait and see? Uh, they no, got to lock something up for it has to. It has to be. I think that would that would go into effect uh, maybe this summer. I think. Wow. Uh, similarly, it says here, uh, Sacramento Kings All-Star Center Demontis Sabonis could currently sign a four-year, one hundred and eleven million dollar extension, one that jumps to one hundred and twenty-one million with the increase to one hundred and forty percent. So it's going to be, you know, you're going to see extensions go even higher in dollar value, depending on the star. Which, you know, you could see teams potentially, assuming players want to go straight for the money, you could see teams potentially move on from their stars a lot, a lot more if, they're not going to, you know, if they're not going to want to do that, if they're not going to want to agree to those terms. I, hey, I've always said I love the NBA. It's, it's yeah, I'm yeah. not trying to sound like a Clint Eastwood get off my lawn either. Trust me. I'm very, I'm, I'm for the players. I mean, it seems like, it seems like every other rule in times 10, everything is for the players. I mean, the owners just like lie down and like take whatever. Right. You know what I mean? It's it's unlike the other pro leagues. That's what I'm going to say. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Also, as a result of this, uh, there has also been an increase in two-way contract slots, jumping from two per team to three per team. I like that. So, basically – Yeah, now now that you're looking at – you're considering guys maybe that were playing for um, the Celtics minor league team or the Blazers or the Bucks. You know, making you know forty grand a year, get that two way. That's guaranteed, probably one hundred fifty, two hundred fifty a year. That's that's right. Like for I like that. like for like example, that. just for example, uh, the Celtics wanted to keep Matt Ryan before he signed with the uh, with the Lakers this past season oh, nice or this past yeah. off season. Uh, under this under this deal. They could have they could have kept Matt Ryan potentially on a two way contract, uh, keeping him with J, with J D Davison and uh, uh, Cabin Galley with this uh, with this new uh, thing. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good move. I mean, yeah, again, that's that that's rewarding the hardworking blue collar players that are you know on that fringe on that bubble. I right. Mean, some of those guys in the G League are, could be thirty two years old. You get called up instead of uh, now you can you know suit up for the Knicks. We're not going to fix your salary. Now it becomes oh you got called up. Now you're making fifteen times what you were making last week. That's pretty cool. right. All right, take a look know, at some. Take a look at yeah, some of the it, names. Some of the names that have come uh, that have come in from the two way pipeline: Austin Reeves yeah. and Alex Caruso with the Lakers, Both Duncan awesome Robinson players, and Max Struess with the Miami Heat. Uh, Anthony yep. Lamb with the Golden State Warriors, uh-huh. Jose Alvarado with the New Orleans Pelicans, and Lugen really Dort with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh, one of the best defenders in the world, Dort. I mean, yeah, uh, I mean you, this, you mentioned uh, uh, Caruso and Reeves. I mean, I'm, I'm the yeah. opposite of a Lakers fan. 
They're both really good, perfect role players. Defense, passing, smart, two really good basketball players. Yeah, and now you see Alex Caruso uh, starting for the Chicago Bulls on a regular yeah. basis. Yeah, yeah. And, and Reeves is like, you know, LeBron's like gushing over this guy. It's like his new best friend. And I, I've seen right. Reeves drop like 20, 25, 30 points a couple times. Wow, this guy's – Yeah, I mean, this is, a, this is a pretty big deal for, uh, for um, you know, you for, two-way play, for, for prospective two-way players. Lou, Lou on the Nets, me on the Blazers. Well, the Blazers shipwreck. Uh, okay. Steve on the Celtics. Who, who would you guys take? Who's better, Caruso or Reeves? Tough call. You should get first, Steve. Go ahead. Reeves looks like, you know, like a nine-year. Reeves looks like a nine-year-old, but he scores like nine yeah. points. I figured out. <laughs> yeah, you he's know, I, I think a, I would probably. Not gonna win a bar fight, but he scores points. Yeah, I think I think I would probably go with Caruso, honestly. But yeah, the only problem though is that his, you know, he's just not a healthy player. Like no. he's, he's had a history, he's had a history of injuries. I like your um, I like your call there. Two big things that stick out to me. One that that kind of gives him the edge. One. He can play point guard, huge. Two, great defender. I mean, he's more physical than uh, Reeves. He can. I mean, he can play on the perimeter with anyone. Yeah, and the Reeves is kind of like oh, this guy's cute. He, he can score eighteen points. I mean, you're not you're not sending Reeves to lock down anyone on defense. Right, and the, you know the thing with Reeves is is that obviously you know he's scoring more points, but that's because to take a look at the team that he's on. He's yeah. on the, you know, he's why, on the Lakers, the Lakers who, who, yeah, he's on the Lakers who are in desperate need of a, uh, you know, of a of a guard like him. So obviously, in his in his uh, first season with the Lakers, he's having a whole bunch of, or no, technically <laughs> this is, is his second season. But you're right, though. I mean, he's got the keys to the castle. He's basically like they're like, okay, yeah. we need something to like laugh about and just something entertaining. Like, all right, talking what guy? Like, yeah. Go score twenty points. I mean, you got Anthony RuPaul, you know, injured every day. Yeah, I mean the Lakers are a fiasco. So Reeves, yeah, I mean, yeah. Honestly, I just, I, you're right. I don't see. I don't know if Reeves um, plays thirty minutes on another really good playoff team. He might just be yeah. Like that's a, the thing. Kind of like he's a trick pony on a bad Lakers team. Yeah, he's right? playing. He's playing twenty eight point four minutes. Here's the thing: if he was on a team like say the Celtics. Would no. he be able no. to put up the much. same amount of points? Oh. Would he be able to put up the same amount of points uh, off of the Celtics bench? He played 12 minutes, 15 minutes. Yeah, I find it hard to believe that, that he would probably put up those same that same amount. Yeah. No, I mean, I respect Reeves, but yeah, it seems like he's kind of just like a product of kind of a rugged, fake plastic Kardashian. LA Lakers system. I mean, it's got, it, it is yeah. what it is. The sham of the yeah. game. Uh, it's just like a collection of guys and hanging out, collecting checks, and talking to models. And, oh, maybe win twice a week. Oh, so Reeves is like, oh yeah, I'm the hardworking guy from Oklahoma. I can go light it up. Uh, I don't know if you're a Nick or a Net. If you're a Nick or a Net, your ass would probably be nailed to the bench. 
And by the way, the Miami Heat, it looks like they will beat the Dallas Mavericks 128 to one, or I'm sorry, 129 to 122. So uh, with six seconds left, uh, that's, that puts the Mavericks down even further out of the playoff, uh, out of the reach of the playoffs. Where is Dirk when you need him? And Gasol. Oh. Oh, thirty-seven. Oh, man, that the makes them thirty-seven and forty-one. The rookie, uh, the rookie seven footers back in. Yeah. So that makes them thirty-seven and thirty-one or thirty-seven and forty-one on the season. And uh, oh, actually, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm looking at the box score now. Uh, UConn's fi- uh, finally distan- well. distancing themselves again. I just know. I just noticed that. I just turned the uh, the box score back on for that uh, for that game here. Yeah, I didn't mean to sidetrack. No, that's all right. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm you know I'm just going back and forth here, uh, trying to maneuver uh, the ESPN website right now. You know, you know me, Steve. Yeah. I'm always an open book. You could ask me about croquet, and I'll I'll try to wax poetic. I'm always open to all ideas. Right. Just not uh, by the way. A, not uh, on Saturday. We I do uh, a, an update on uh, an update on WrestleMania that I obviously talked about earlier on, on the show tonight. Uh, we have oh. had two two more matches. Uh, Seth Rollins defeated Logan Paul, and Good. the team the team of Trish Stratus, Lita, and Becky Lynch defeated Damage Control. Uh, right. right now, we have the battle of father versus son with Rey Mysterio, newly uh, newly uh, named WWE Hall of Famer, Rey Mysterio, uh, fighting his son, Dominic Mysterio, with, might I add, Snoop Dogg is accompanying oh. Rey Mysterio to the ring, so... What I said uh, uh, earlier, Lou, about celebrities getting involved. Yeah. yeah. There's another one. I'm always, I'm, always I'm always wondering, though, how Mysterio took his name. Uh, I know this is going to sound kind of stupid, but did he take his name from the Spider-Man going? Uh, no, actually, his no. – uh, oh. no, his, uh, his uncle was named Rey Mysterio Sr. I see. Because, and, um, you know, okay, so it's nothing to do with the Spider-Man character, Spider-Man villain Mysterio. No. That's where I took it from. Okay, I'm wrong. No, it, ha- it has to do, I, I, I believe it has to do with the fact that he wears a mask because he's a Lucha Libre yeah. type wrestler and he, wear, oh, yeah, he wears yeah. a mask. So <laughs> obviously, you know, nobody knows what his real identity is. Like nobody yeah. knows what he looks like with the mask off. Right. So. Uh, that's where I think the whole Mysterio uh, sort of aspect yeah. comes in. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's the Mexican wrestling, the Lucha Libre uh, stuff, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, so uh, he actually took, I believe he uses, or he started using early in his career, uh, the same mask that, or the same style of mask that his uncle would wear, and yeah. basically it stuck with him pretty much throughout his entire uh, throughout his entire wrestling career so so far. 
but he was also he was just named to the WWE Hall of Fame last night, uh, and he's currently in a WrestleMania match right now. So that is the WrestleMania update. Uh, we have two other matches set to take place tonight with Charlotte Flair, the daughter of Ric Flair, in real life. Yes, the real life daughter of Ric Flair. Uh, defending her women's championship against Rhea Ripley. And we have the Usos, who are uh, the sons of former WWE wrestler Rikishi, taking on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, putting their undisputed tag team titles on the line, their record-setting undisputed tag team championships, might I add. Um, So those are the two matches that are still set to take place tonight but and then of course there's tomorrow night but that's yeah. a, that's an entirely different story I mean come on did you see that last play they run the clock out they kick it out and it's this wide open boom three Huskies are like just I don't even know 37 to 37 to 24 at the half. You know, I originally I said I wasn't looking at this like a blowout, but uh-huh. it's trending. Well, it's well, trending I that agree, way. Also, also let's be leery. Remember, um, remember last week Miami was getting their ass kicked, and then they came storming back and beat Texas. They're not. They're not dead That's yet. That's true. I wish That's you true. There. Most important. Um, maybe the most important five minutes in any given game is, you know, coming out of the, the break. If Miami goes on a right. run, or UConn can just kick their teeth and, you know, go on a 10-0 run and win by 30. But lo- looking at the uh, stat line here, the stat line here at the half, uh, Miami's only shooting 25%, 9 of 36, Pitiful. compared to UConn, compared to UConn who's shooting 50%, 14 of 28. UConn yeah. shooting 50%? Wow. Yeah, 50% from the field, including 46.2% from three, six of 13. Wow. Uh, rebounds, UConn leads 21 to 19, with the majority of them being defensive rebounds. I'll, I'll say Miami is definitely getting the best of them on the offensive end. When it comes to offensive rebounds, Miami has nine offensive rebounds compared to UConn three. Yeah, I mean, if I'm if I'm the Miami coach at the half, things could be better, but we're not we're not dead yet. Yeah. I, you know, you got to hit the glass. I mean, you got to just go full force. No, also, if anyone's not even hustling, second half, I'd put in three, four, or five new guys. I mean, they got to really empty the drawers and just throw everything at them. Right, and you know what's surprising? They got to go though, on a run and get and get crazy. They got to go on a really aggressive run, aggressively. You, you know, know, turnovers, you know, what, press, deals. What's surprising is that UConn actually has more turnovers, seven to four, and yet yeah. they're still leading by thirteen. Yeah, and, and you're right, Steve. I mean, you called it before with the stats and overall the energy, the flow. You know, it speaks to what you said. Mine is not playing a good game. This yeah. is not a good Hurricanes effort. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, just, just taking a just taking a look at at some of the uh, some of the points. Uh, looks like Jordan Miller is leading the way with seven points for Miami. 
Uh, Nigel Pack with six points and Isaiah Wong with five points out of their starters. Uh, you also have Bensley Joseph with two off of the bench and Harland Beverly with four off of the bench uh, for Miami. But when it comes to UConn, though, uh, Adama Sanogo leading the way with 13 points. Then you have Tristan Newton with seven points. Jordan Hawkins and Alex Caravan each have three points. And off the bench, you have Joey Calcaterra with five points. You have Naheem Alain with four points. And you have Donovan Klingon with two points. So uh, it, it really seems like everything is more – well, I, I want to say it's more spread out because UConn, it seems like they're relying a lot on Sonogo. Uh, and it's a good thing too that he's not—he doesn't even have a foul against him. So uh, that yeah. might be something to watch potentially in the second half. You might see the referees, uh, like they infamously love to do, when they when they when they like to try and even it out a little bit. You might see uh, some foul runs go up on Sonogo in the second half. Yeah, and Steve, I know, Steve, I know, I touched upon it. Maybe what. Uh, two Saturdays ago, it's questionable. Yeah. I mean, I look at the guy. He's working hard. He's hitting threes. The guy's big. He's banger. He can play at Madison Square Garden. Is he NBA guy or not? I, Who? He looks like an Sonogo? NBA Sonogo? Yeah, maybe like a bench player. He could, he could oh, I could, definitely see, I could definitely see him in the NBA, yeah. He's yeah. like 6'9". He's a big dude. And he's, he's smart. He's athletic. He's not just like a big goon. Yeah, six yeah, foot nine, two hundred and forty-five pounds. Yeah. You got yeah, I mean, I could definitely see look, him. You're looking at Tanogo from Nigeria, and then the young guy, the eighteen-year-old seven-footer, who apparently like everyone, Lakers, Knicks, Nets, he's a lottery pick. Yeah. So, yeah, UConn has two. I mean, high picks, and then the Hawkins. So you're looking at maybe three or four um, NBA players. I mean, you take you take a look at what he's done in this tournament, and you compare it to what he did during the regular season. He's actually improved in the tournament as the tournament has gone on. He has improved compared to yeah. the regular season. Yeah, when the lights are brightest, he's he's really stepping up. I mean, just taking a, a look guys, against my own strength, he's grown up. Oh, wow! Right. Against Iona, he had 28 points. Against uh, St. Mary's, he had 24. He had 18 against Arkansas, 10 against Gonzaga, but that included a double-double, 10 points, 10 rebounds, and 6 assists. And tonight, he has 13, 13 points, 5 yeah. rebounds. So, and, and Hawkins, their leader, who's like, a, oh, the Lakers, the cap, someone's going to draft him, the guy who was sick, yeah. UConn leader, 3 points. He's not even a factor. Yeah, yeah. It it just shows that UConn is going based off of their game plan, whatever they have set for uh, for tonight's matchup. That's what they're going with, and clearly, it appears that they're going based off of size. So uh, they must have some sort of exploit with Sonogo that they're uh, that they're capitalizing on here. Against uh, against Miami's defense. Yeah, it's really mystifying, and I'm, I just I mean I I haven't seen it in a couple of years. They're, 
I think it's good coaching. I mean, UConn's just blue collar. They're just bullying. They're making it really hard for Miami to even shoot. <laughs> Miami's not having fun playing playing basketball. No, that's what it takes. By the way, the other game that is st- that is still underway, uh, the L.A. Clippers and and the New Orleans Pelicans are tied at seventy seven, with about four minutes to go in the third oh, quarter, over there. So wow. uh, New Orleans. New Orleans is looking to stay in the playoff picture. Clippers are looking to solidify their spot in the playoff picture. Yeah. Um, one other note around the league, uh, the Portland Trailblazers, they have officially shut down Damian Lillard for the remainder oh, of the God. season. Oh, oh, after it appears it it appears that uh yeah Portland was officially eliminated from playoff contention so oh well yeah uh, I guess yeah so they've basically shut him down you know I would not be surprised if you potentially see Portland weigh the possibility of moving on from Damian Lillard in the uh in the off season hmm I mean, they shopped, you know, the, there were rumors going around this past off season that he might get shopped. So uh, it's a possibility that uh, that might be something they may look at. And right now, in terms of the NBA playoffs, uh, looks okay. like pretty much for the Western Conference, the Dallas Mavericks and the Utah Jazz are still the only ones on the outside looking in. Uh, that have yet to be mathematically eliminated. Uh, And for the Eastern Conference, you have the Washington Wizards, the Indiana Pacers, and the Orlando Magic somehow still mathematically in it. Uh, But as it stands right now, the Eastern Conference, you have the Milwaukee Bucks. They have locked up the Central Division. Looks like they are still in uh, the first seed by one and a half games over Boston. Philly and Cleveland have all locked up their spots. Uh, New York might not be far behind, potentially, in locking up their uh, their spot, as well as Brooklyn. Yep. Uh, over in the Western Conference, the Denver Nuggets, they have clinched the Northwest Division. The Memphis Grizzlies, they clinched the Southwest Division. Uh, Sacramento, they have locked up a playoff spot for the first time in God knows how many years. And you uh, you still have basically Phoenix, L.A., and Golden State who are the uh, the remaining guaranteed playoff spots as of now. Rings. Yep. Okay. That is that is outside of the play-in tournament. So. Um, but as far as far as the uh, the play-in tournament, uh, it looks like it will probably be if the season were to end today, you would have Miami versus Atlanta and Toronto versus Chicago. Yeah, and you would have L.A. the Lakers versus New Orleans and Minnesota versus Oklahoma City, if the season were to end today. So. Uh, that is, and I believe with Dallas's loss, Oklahoma City will probably be ahead of them by a full game. Okay. So that is something to keep an eye on uh, in terms of the NBA 
the as far as the NBA playoff yeah. picture goes. Yeah, and I, I think I think everyone and their brothers somehow rooted for a possible psychotic break. Maybe Kyrie fights Cuban, or we just want that ultimate meltdown where where Kyrie is no longer he's on the brink. Yeah, maybe coax him into something. Maybe coach him along. He's close. He's nuts. Yeah, it's probably it's probably going to happen at some, at you know at some point. I I guarantee there's probably going to be some sort of. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Kyrie takes his ball and walks home with it. At this I, point, I heard rumor from a friend. What a yeah, yeah, yeah. Corny, corny joke that I just created because I'm crazy. Yeah, no, uh, rumor I mean, has it. He, he, I like it. I like it. That Aaron Rodgers went into, but he took all the peyotes there. Aaron Aaron left, and he's like, well, Kyrie took over. I mean, what if he it wouldn't be the first time that that uh, that Kyrie has done this, though. No, or that I told a terrible joke. It would be the eighteen thousand. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm breaking my own streak every day. Yeah, no, he's just an absolute mess, absolute misfit. Honestly, I I don't think I've ever really really rooted against an athlete. I want to see him crash and burn because he's the wrecker. Yeah, he, he wrecks everyone else. I want to see him get wrecked. Yeah. And honestly, it seems like he's headed that way, to be perfectly honest. I mean, don't you think, Alex? I got to be the shot yeah, here. I really do. Sorry, I, I I'm muted for a second. But yeah, no, I really do. And honestly, I was I've been out here. It's cool. I have, like, gym room, a couple different stations. So I'm not at the daily updates, per se. But, I mean, I, I caught something. up. He was talking about something. The reception broke off. But he, he was giving, like, this, like, morbid speech, like, end of the world like well the, uh, you know in the locker room the other day i'm like i was shocked this guy sounds absolutely insane he's like well you know what this is where i currently am i'm just gonna do what i have to do to play and, and make it uh make a paycheck yeah i can't decide who my teammates are i can't decide where i'm living yeah. you know i'm a hostage dude what the fuck? <laughs> dude he's losing it yeah, I know. Uh, it's it, it just seems like he's basically he's working out of out of the realms of reality. Like he's not <laughs> even in reality essentially right now. Three, two, one. But no, uh, looking honestly, at, again, again, atypical for me, but I'm you know helping mom doing some fam stuff the last couple of weeks, so I've been keeping up like with every um. Maverick score per se. Are they on a? Are they still on a spiral? Have they won anything lately or not? Uh, I mean they they had lost or they they had lost one game leading into today, but now they're down. Uh, you know now now they've lost their last two games. So, uh, I mean it's basically put it this way: they're not competing at the right. You know at the right. Uh, at the right pace in order to regain a playoff yeah. spot. And imagine Cuban, the hands-on guy. He's got, he's got the T-shirt, drinking some beers, going to the locker room, hanging with guys. I mean, imagine them, like, walking around each other. Like, Cuban probably wants to choke yeah. Probably. I would not be I'm, surprised in the least. I brought a domestic terrorist into my franchise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just Whatever. Yeah, I would say he's, uh, he's smart. That was, that was a speech. 
mega blunder by Cuban. I don't know if that guy in my area code if I'm running a game. By the way, uh, going over to the NHL when it comes to the playoff picture here, uh, a nice. couple of uh, a couple of developments. Uh, the Metropolitan Division is all locked up. Carolina, New Jersey, and the Rangers have all yeah. locked up playoff spots. The only difference there is what will the seeding look like. Uh, Carolina currently leads New Jersey by three points. Uh, they lead the Rangers by six points. And basically, basically it's uh, three points separates Carolina and New Jersey and also New Jersey and the Rangers. So with, with still about seven games left in the regular season, anything's possible with the, uh, with the border in the Metropolitan Division. I think a lot of people uh, like to see the, the blue car Rangers Devils, but hey, if the Rangers don't get the Devils, I do. the Rangers are still uh, worthy of uh, and capable of allowing nine goals a game with no defense to the Hurricanes. Right, it's still possible right. that it can happen. Win, I mean, playoff periods, uh, trying to play, win playoff games eight to seven, not going to work. Yeah, I mean, I mean, right now it 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 still does look like the more likely option is going to be New Jersey versus the Rangers in the first round. I like the sound of that's, that. I mean, that's uh, honestly, it's just that's just what it looks like right now. From what from where I'm looking at it. Uh, in the Atlantic Division, the Boston Bruins they locked up the President's Trophy. Uh, yesterday with a win, and also they have set a new franchise record with their 59th win today with a 4-3 to victory over the Pittsburgh Penguins. And also not just setting, not just breaking that record, but uh, head coach Jim Montgomery also broke the record previously held by Mike Babcock and the Detroit Red Wings as the uh, – the most, uh, how should I put this? The most winningest coach with uh, in, in his first year with a different team. As Mike uh-huh. Babcock previously held the record with 58 wins, and now with his 59th win of the season, Jim Montgomery uh, overtakes that spot. Yeah. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, they have officially locked up their playoff spot too. Uh, with a hundred a hundred points, and the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, have locked up their playoff spot officially today with their win. Uh, they have ninety six points. Now, as far as the wild card goes, uh, let me put it this way: basically, the top three seeds in each in in both the Atlantic and Metropolitan divisions. Uh, they're gonna stay that. It's gonna be those three teams. The only wow. different, the only question is, the only question is, what will the order look like? Well, I mean, uh, uh, let's just put it that way. The the Atlantic Division, it looks like it's pretty much gonna be Boston at one, Toronto at two, Tampa at three. Yeah. The Metropolitan Division is a different story. There's the possibility that there may still be a few. Uh, a few things being worked around, but for the most part, you won't be seeing anybody from the wild card overtaking any of those teams wow. in the uh, I standings. Mentioned, I mentioned on Lou's show earlier. I mean, 
is anyone stopping Boston, or are they just trucking everyone? I'm curious. Um, they're, they're, just, they're just dominant. Uh, yeah. here's who, the, who can stop? Yeah, here, who can stop? Well, here's the thing. You know, I'm still not putting everything toward. I'm not putting everything on Boston. Going like, oh, you know, Boston is completely no. unstoppable. There's no team that can beat them. I'm not saying that at all. Um, it's already wrapped. I'm not saying that at all, but uh, let's put it this way. Over the last couple of games, they beat a very tough Tampa Bay Lightning team. They just narrowly beat Carolina in a shootout, uh, 4-3. And this was a game that Boston actually led. I think it was 3-1 going into the third period, and Carolina scored two quick goals uh, to immediately tie it up. So just because Carolina may not have Svechnikov, that doesn't mean that they're out of any games. Uh, Far from it, actually. Uh, Boston did lose 2-1 to to Nashville on a rare off night for for the uh, Bruins offense. Uh, They then... Just just do a chime in and build one. I'm I'm sensing a little... um, Taking surrender, like, lead suddenly. Teams can come back. I'm, I'm, I'm sensing, is there some leakage? Is there weakness on the defense? No, it was just a case of, uh, for when it came to Nashville, it was a case of, because uh, the thing is, Nashville has a goaltender that can be very hot at times and can be very cold at times. Okay. They, okay. Just happened to hit, they just happened to get that goaltender on a night where he was very, on a, on a night where he was very hot. I mean, he didn't allow a goal until there was like point like point five seconds left in the game. Wow. So, I, I you know you see Soros he's he's one of the top goaltenders in the league uh, stat wise for a reason. So I'm not entirely surprised to see that oh, kind wow. of performance out of Nashville, even yeah. though they were sellers at the trade deadline. Yeah, I've heard good things, uh, thanks to you and Lou and, and others, about um, their goalkeeping. I mean, you know, let's, let's be honest. I mean, good goalkeeping, if if you're hot between the pipes, if you got a stud who's someone red hot, man, you can beat anyone. I mean, exactly. Yeah, good pitch, good goaltending, uh, exactly. you, you can win a ring. Yeah, and that's what that's what the, that's what we saw against Boston uh, with a two to one victory, which honestly it should have been two nothing, but. David Pasternak scored with like 0.5 seconds left, so uh, that spoiled the uh, the yep. shutout bid. Um, but then they beat then they beat a couple of days ago. They beat the Columbus Blue Jackets two to one in overtime, and of course they just beat Pittsburgh to, earlier today four to three. Uh, they play St. Louis tomorrow at 3:30. Um, you know, the whole, th- the whole thing about Boston is it-, it just seems like the coaching change really sparked something in the team to where players that were underperforming, uh, you know, pl- players that were looked at when they were drafted, they were looked at in, in a higher regard. And they just seem to be underperforming with, uh, with Bruce Cassidy as the head coach. But now wow. it looks like whatever whatever change that Jim Montgomery made uh, when it came to coaching style, uh, it's really 
it's really uh, respond. You know, the players have really responded in a very positive way uh, to the point of where you've started to see a jump in development of certain players. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're still, consider, they're still considered to be a front runner. They can unlock potential. People have new confidence, new start. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it's a huge difference, as we all know. I mean, just to go just to go into uh, into a little perspective here, uh, Linus Olmark, who everybody yeah. saw as a bright everybody saw as a bright goaltender coming out of Buffalo, um, you know everybody thought he had a bright future. Uh, in Boston, his first year, he went twenty six ten and two, in his first yeah. year with a two point four five goals against average and a ninety one point seven save percentage. Right. Now you take those numbers and you stack them up against this year. He's 37 6 and 1 with a 1.88 goals against average and a 93.8 save percentage. Oh, there is some there is something that that Jim Montgomery has done that has basically Unlocked. sparked this entire team. Why? Yeah, he's cheat code. Wow, that's an insane record. Kind of, that's like Grant, that's like Grant, uh, Grant Fuhr, uh Billy Smith record. Yeah. And uh, might I add, Linus Olmark is ranked number one in not just overall record, but also goals against average and save percentage. Uh, he's basically the front runner for the Vezina Trophy at this point. Mm. So. Uh, yeah, it's it's, it's almost, definitely it's been it's like it's almost dangerous. All the pressure quietly shifts to you if you think about it. Right? It's almost like yeah. uh, maybe the the Bill, Bull teams, or, you know, some team that goes sixteen and one, like like they can't lose. Like when's gonna when's the shoe gonna drop? I mean, Boston, like someone's gonna try to clip them and take them out. Yeah, I mean, you, you may put the, you you're gonna you're gonna possibly see that. Uh, you know, another thing that I'm looking at too is now that they have the President's Trophy, which basically what that does is it gives them a uh, home ice advantage throughout the entire playoff run, uh, no matter how long it goes, uh, <laughs> they will have home ice advantage. Uh, the thing That's I'm cute. looking at here is, are we gonna see with six games remaining? Are we gonna see certain players get rested? In yeah, certain games, I, I would like if, could, I'm, if, if I'm sitting on that Boston bench, and, you know, with a suit and tie and glasses. Oh, I'm pulling cool. guys. Yeah, I'm bringing up a couple of uh, fourth fourth liners. Sure. What if someone blows their knee out? Or, you know, I'm resting guys. Exactly. Like That's today, we saw them. Today we saw them beat Pittsburgh without Patrice Bergeron, their multi-time Selkie Award winner. So. You know, I think I think we may potentially start seeing them rest quite a few players uh, and give other players a chance to because you know, like like they said, bot, uh, like the, like the players have said, they don't care about the record. You know, they don't care whether or not they get that they get the new NHL record. All that matters ultimately in the end is winning the Stanley Cup. Yeah, and to get in there healthy and just, and just finish the mission. Right. Now, looking at the looking, go ahead, Lou. 
That's what it's all about, winning the cup. I mean, they don't care about winning the President's Trouble or not. All they care about is trying to win the cup. That's the ultimate goal. Yeah. The right. Season, I mean, blah, blah. They want the postseason. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the, the, uh, when, you, when you take a look, too, at previous years, and this is why the rest is good, because you take a look at previous years, Patrice Bergeron on one of the – I forget which cup run it was. I think it was 2019 when they uh, made a bid to potentially win the Stanley Cup uh, where they lost in Game 7. Patrice Bergeron was dealing with a punctured lung, a, fra- wow. uh, a couple of fractured ribs, and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, among other various injuries. He had multiple injuries that he was still playing through and still putting on top-tier performances out there on the ice. So, you know, there's a lot of injuries that these guys play through. Yeah. I mean, that's a a sign of toughness, but, you know, at the same time, you you don't want him getting banged up like this right now. He doesn't have to play that way right now. Right. Yeah, you know, basically, once you lock up the president's trophy, you could have sent – I mean, obviously, yeah, you want to keep your guys – you know, you want to keep your guys uh, off of the rust. You want to make sure there's no rust. But yeah. once you lock up that president's trophy, you could basically sit quite a few guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's I what, that's what we don't know. We don't know if they're gonna if they're gonna do that or if they're gonna actually go for that record. But. Uh, you know, there's know. Hockey, six games hockey, remaining. Hockey, 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 hockey. That that uh, wild card game, you know, from the AFC who sneaks in hot, they can you know, top, the top seed has been sitting, you know, hanging out, right. partying, or uh, you know, talking to their girlfriend. Right. I mean, that hot, you know what I mean? That hot team coming in hockey. You don't want to get too lazy, too fat of a cat. I mean, they got to stay on their job. Exactly. And yeah. taking a look at those wild card teams, by the way, currently in the wild card spots in the East, you have the New York Islanders with 87 points, and you have the Florida Panthers with 85 points. If the season were to end today, the Boston Bruins would be facing the Florida Panthers in the first round. What's the, what's the prediction there? I go, I go what four one Bruins. I would okay, say they'll, Boston. They'll, 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 I would say they'll, they'll have them up. Yeah, I would say Boston in either five or six, honestly. I don't see it going okay. seven games. Yeah. Um, and plus, Florida is a little bit shorthanded, too. They don't have their, uh, they don't have their backup goaltender, if necessary. Uh, yeah. They've been playing basically with Sergei Bobrovsky. Uh, their backup goaltender, Spencer Knight, has been dealing with, uh, with mental health issues. So he's been in the player the player assistance program uh, for quite a while, actually, now, I think. Uh, it's actually the same program that caused uh, uh, Carey Price to retire. So oh, Make some silly joke. Oh, is that really – that's almost like a PTSD or a concussion. Uh, yeah. No, I, I wouldn't say that, but it's more like a – it's more like a – you know how they have certain players go through a drug program if they're dealing with drug abuse and whatnot? Uh, it, yeah, it could be the, you know, the white powder or um, too many uh, Bud Lights. You know. I, it, yeah. could be, it could be anything. It could be anything when it comes to mental health. 
Uh, yes. Good way for them to vaguely kind of mask it. That way insurance, they're not going to get sued. You know, it's like, oh, he's dealing with his thing. That's it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. For the Western Conference. For the Western Conference, it looks like uh, the Central Division. You have Minnesota. You have the Minnesota Wild at the number one spot, Dallas at the number two spot, and the Stan- the, the the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche in the number three spot. So they would be mm-hmm. looking to meet up with Dallas. However, though, those three teams are each separated by three points at the most. Well, uh, so. It, 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 I mean, it's going back and forth like a pendulum. It could go any any given night. Right. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. So it's still it, the the central division is still up for grabs at this point. Uh, actually, the Pacific division is too. Taking a look at the Pacific division, uh, Vegas they have already clinched a playoff spot, but they only lead Edmonton yeah. by two points, and they lead Oof. Los Angeles by three points. So. Wow. Yeah, a quick, uh, quick little uh, note. I mean, dude, God, I mean, is McDavid the best player since like Gretzky and Lemieux? I mean, this guy yeah. is absurd. Yes. I mean, every terms... time I look up, he's got three, three points. I'm going, what the heck? Video game? Yeah. In terms of talent, yeah, he's he's probably the best player that we've seen, uh, stat wise, since Gretzky. Uh, in terms of clutch, I wouldn't really say. I always use like a I always use like a Gretzky Lemieux. Like those are like my uh yeah. top guys. You know, I would still put in terms of clutch performances, I would still put uh you know, Sidney Crosby and oh, yeah. Alexander Ovechkin over him. Because yep. Good call. you know, McDavid McDavid so far in his career hasn't been able to he hasn't been able to take to take the Edmonton Oilers and propel them through the playoffs. Wow. Well, I mean, it's that, you know, just Charles Barkley. I mean, you know, one-man army, dude. You got five guys trying to hit you, flashing you. I mean, he needs more help, right? Yes. Well, I mean, he has help. You take a look at – take a look at some of the – I'll I'll list off some of the names that they have here. It's like Allen Iverson. You know, the guy can only do so much. Yeah, their top their top four scorers on Edmonton are as follows. You have Connor McDavid with 144 points, 61 wow. goals, and 83 assists for 144 Man. points with six games to go. Miami uh, making a run. 7-0 run, Miami. Not 9-0. Uh-oh. Little, yeah, little I did see that the lead, I did see oh, the lead was as much as 20. Sorry, Steve. So, so as far as you know, Edmonton's big guns up top. Who's who's the best help with uh, McDavid? Uh, Drysidle, without a doubt, Leon Drysidle. Okay. Uh, t- taking a look at at his stats: forty-seven goals, seventy assists for one hundred and seventeen points. Easily, McDavid wow. and Drysidle are probably the top duo in the league. In terms of big scoring, the old, uh, you know, not not boring. The old uh, crucial question: How's the defense? How's the goaltending? Well, I'm getting to that. Uh, but Ryan Nugent Hopkins, 35 goals, 61 assists for 96 points. Then Zach wow. Hyman, Zach Hyman, 33 goals, 45 assists, and 78 points. 
Well, then it drops drastically from there. I was going to say. Yeah. So it always has then that four or five uh, forwards, and then when it drops off a cliff, it's yeah. not going to work. In the yeah. Place. And how drastically does it go? Let's put it this way. Their next highest scorer is a defenseman, Darnell Nurse, 10 goals, 31 assists, 41 points, which is actually a lot for a defenseman. Wow. Uh, then you have defenseman Evan Bouchard, six goals, 28 assists sure. for 34 points. Their next, their next forward is Evander Kane, who has only played in 35 games oh, yeah. this season, 15 goals, 11 assists for 26 it, points. I thought that guy's doing a perp walk on Tuesday like the other guy. Kane still in the league? Yeah, he is. <laughs> He's like, honey, then, please don't tell, tell anyone about my um, backdoor, um, you know, gambling $85 million a night. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, you have a whole bunch of players with 20 points, but in terms of goals, uh, let's put it this way. After Zach Hyman, the next highest goal total is Evander Kane with 15. It's not going to work long term. I mean, this isn't a video game. You need, you need at least three lines. Meanwhile, I mean, let's uh, let's just do it for comparison's sake. Let's do it for comparison's sake and go over to the Boston Bruins. The Boston Bruins, you have, of course, David Pasternak, 56 goals and 46 assists for 102 points. Yep. Brad Marchand, 20 goals, right. 43, 43 assists for 63 points. Uh, Patrice Bergeron, 27 goals, 30 assists, 57 points. David Krejci, 16 goals, 40 assists, 56 points. Uh, Pavel Zacha, 18 goals, 35 assists for 53 points. Jake DeBrusque, 24 goals, 23 assists, 47 points. There's also yes. a couple of other players who have, who have uh, multiple double-digit goals and assists. But you You're get what like I'm a, you get where I'm going here. Not like not like Tom, I'm sure, but it was almost like an afterthought. Oh, yeah, this other guy, you know, he threw out like some incredible stats too. Yeah, they're deep. I mean, yeah, they hit basically what what I'm what I'm getting at is that they're basically uh, they're more spread out when it comes to their uh, like if 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 somebody isn't playing like a Patrice Bergeron isn't playing, it's detrimental. Yeah. Yes. But they can still win, or if they don't, it, like you said, or something, or or uh, injured for a, a series, or let's say you run into someone as a buzzsaw, like two or three guys that are just awesome defensive forwards trying to lock down that line. You got that other line that can let them up. They have the depth, right? And if, like, say for example, if Edmonton. Had lo- uh, had lost Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl, there would be a very noticeable difference. Yeah. I mean, come on. They, yeah, they'd be dead in the water. Yeah, right. They'd be uh, they'd be scrimmaging the Sound Tigers. Wow. Sorry, I was, sorry. I was uh, I was I was checking something in one of the uh, one of the other whispers groups. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it would be 
it, there would be a drastic difference uh, between uh, that. That's part of the main reason why you know you have you have two guys on Edmonton Whoa. with over a hundred points, yep. and not really that much depth underneath. Uh, like once you get past their their top four that's forwards, great. there's not really that much depth underneath that. Wow. I mean, that's not something that you want when it comes to a playoff contending team. No. No. You got to have bodies. You got to have horses. You got to have depth. Wow. UConn's a little shook here. Time out. Down 11. It's where I almost want to become like a seven-point game just to kind of thrill me a little bit. It, it, you know, it's like, let's get some competitive ball again. Yeah. And, and honestly, that's just shocking and ridiculous to even say, because, I mean, no one predicted this, but, like, you know. But, I mean, tonight I think it's more so of uh, Miami's just absolutely playing dreadful, too. They can't yeah, I mean, I mean, it could, you know, it could just be that maybe perhaps UConn – uh, their shooting has kind of dropped off a bit, but at the same time, Miami is now shooting 32% compared to 25%. Yeah, baby steps. So it's, I mean, just, guys, it's just that Miami's shots are, 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 are actually landing now. Yeah, I mean, they're waking up. I mean, we, yeah. we knew they had a time. Now they're kind of coming coming alive. Yeah. I mean, like 12 minutes, hit a couple threes, it's a five-point game, and then Look at this. I mean, yeah. I'm not. Uh, I'm not wishing death upon my husbands, but you know, they're making a little statement here. They're making a run. Yeah, they have. Uh, by they the have way, the, the by the way, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot to mention uh, real quick the uh, before we move on from hockey. Uh, the final two wild card spots in the West are currently oh. occupied by the Seattle Kraken and the Winnipeg Jets. With Calgary yeah. and Nashville uh, lurking around on the outside. Oh, down to eight now. Yeah. I mean, looking at the different process, I think Kraken's probably the best out of that, that crew. None of them going to probably. Close the yeah. They're all going to get smoked eventually, but yeah, I mean, Kraken's probably the strongest. Probably, and I'll tell you one thing: they've had quite a few shootouts with the Bruins yeah. in terms of goals scored. So. Um, Whoa! You know, Seattle. Seattle may be a uh, may be a wild card team, but I'm 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 not sure I would really consider them wild card. More more just a more just a fact that uh, you know their division is very stacked at the top. So yeah, their you know their their uh, situation is just more of a case of the fact that you know they're in a stacked division. Sure. It's amazing, Tommy, I mean, just looking at this game. Not the, I'm telling man, I don't mean to sound like Al Bundy or some uh, 80-year-old coach from the 60s. Defense effort. I mean, Miami has not even played defense. Now they're playing defense no. in five minutes. They're going to run. I mean, that, it's all effort. Talk to any coach, any sport. You just you really want yeah. to start fighting and work, and you just you focus on your guy, and you deny him and yeah. make it hard. I, come on, you know what hockey, I'm noticing, soccer, too? Hockey, soccer, lacrosse. 80% of defense is effort. 
and, and then the other right. I, I think you know awareness being up man yeah, up. you know what i'm noticing too is yukon has been very disciplined since halfway through the first half they yeah. have only had since since the halfway mark of the first half they have only had one foul against them okay. compared yeah, to Good point. Compared to Miami, who has had five. And also, it, which sounds dangerous. I, I don't want them to play uh, Atlanta Falcons, you know, 28 to 3. But they're kind of just like playing everything slowed down. Like, let's get out of here. Uh, I don't I don't like that. They're slowing everything down. They're not attacking the rim. They're not, they're not playing Ricky, aggressive. Boy. What's just surprising me, too, is the fact they're still committing more turnovers. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, you know, 11 minutes is a lifetime. And hoops, and they're just kind of like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna pass the ball around, maybe take a shot. They gotta they gotta keep attacking. Yeah, they do. They do, and uh, you know another surprising thing too is that is the fact that somehow the referees have not attacked Sonogo at all this half when it comes to foul Ooh. calls. Yes, right. Sonogo is currently at 19 points, and he is sitting there with no fouls right now. Wow. Eight I, of I'm nine saying, shooting. I know it's a different type of game now with the uh, big man and Twin Towers and all that. I wish they would play the big uh, freshman, the 7-2 guy in Sonogo. That would just dominate the glass, but, you know, it's a different That's game now. Well, we do, we do have a 13-point lead right now. I mean, granted, 10 minutes is a lot yeah. of time, but Honestly, with the way that UConn started off this second half, it's it, it was in a way that Miami did not need them to start off. Yeah. So, but now you come hey, like, hey guys, back. You want to come back? We'll leave the door open. You guys want to make it a game? Miami's like, okay, we're coming back in. Yeah. Right. The fact that UConn, the fact that UConn has basically matched Miami blow for blow in this second half. Uh, right. It's not a good sign for Miami. Yeah. Yeah. Great one. Because I mean, they're you know they're currently down thirteen. They're they're going to need some sort of momentum turnaround. And honestly, you know, I'm just it, obviously it may change with about ten minutes to go here, but I just don't see it right now. Everything right now looks to be he, looks to be trending in Connecticut's direction. Good. Yeah. Now, granted, of course, like I said, you know they had um, they had a twenty point lead, and somehow somehow Miami was able to lower that deficit. But mm-hmm. uh, something to still notice here is the fact that UConn is, they they are significantly landing quite a bit more than Miami yeah. right now in terms of not just three-pointers, but or not just three-point percentage, right. but also overall shooting. I mean, yeah. UConn has only gone down by about 1.2% overall. Uh, since the half, and like what, they've what, only what, gone down what, by like five percent three point. Totally. I mean, right now it's like do or die defense. They got. I mean, look at this. Miami's got to be like you know Detroit bad boys. They have to play the best defense of their college careers to come back. Let's see. Yeah. 
I mean, they were like letting uh, UConn out of layup drills before. Yeah, I know. I mean, they gotta they gotta coach, get a lot of stops. The coach is gone. Where the hell was Beckford uh, 40 minutes ago? Yeah. Problem is, you have to find some way to penetrate those big guys. And honestly, I just don't see yeah. – I don't see how Miami is going to be able to do that with, with, with this amount of time left remaining. Yeah. And, I just uh, don't you know. see how they're going to be able to. And watching the game and looking at the numbers too, they don't they don't seem to have like a Reggie Miller or a, a Rip Hamilton. They're just like throwing up bricks. They're not they're not a good at shooting team for like what I can see. Right. So it's you know it, it, basically time is technically the enemy for yeah. I mean they Miami gotta get, right now. Twice every time they score. I mean you know you know what I mean for every UConn bucket they gotta get two. Yeah. I mean, not that drastic, but you get my point. They got it. I mean, they need stops. Oh. Exactly. They dominated. Look at they, that. I mean, that's, that stole that rebound. That's huge. Yeah, they they need stops, and they need to uh, – I'm looking at the rebounding deficit, though. Mm-hmm. UConn has really picked it up in the rebound department. They are now – they now match Miami in offensive rebounds with 10 apiece. And they they have 33 rebounds total compared to 24 for uh, Miami. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so not that and so essential rebounding. Yes. I mean, you win rebounding eight nine times out of ten, winning the game. I mean, yeah, rebounding. Exactly. It's not rocket science. Uh, that's where that, that's where that's where that's where the uh, where the height comes into play here. Oh. More of my, uh, also, not to not goal. to mention I, I not to mention four blocks, four four blocks for UConn compared to one for Miami yeah. as well. And, and I'm sorry, man. I know I know I'm you know being a little ridiculous, state, rocking the UConn pride. But like, I mean, look at Miami's like body language, just kind of like hanging out. Like, UConn's like pumping up the crowd, like, uh, are we done yet? Like, could I be like, you, know, you got to like jump on the floor, like elbow someone? I mean, this is your this is your season. Good luck. Exactly. Miami get back there. Miami might not be back there for twenty years. Somebody's exactly. got to never play basketball again. You know. UConn. Yeah. UConn. You, you may. You may see UConn get back here. It, it, but there's millions of people watching. I got eight minutes left. I'm going all out, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, effort-wise, come on. Miami's just kind of like, oh yeah, we're just kind of hanging out. Maybe we'll hit a shot. UConn's just playing harder. They're going harder. Yeah, and we're leading, and we're we're nearing towards potentially another double-digit win for UConn in this tournament. They have not had a single-digit victory at all this entire and tournament. I Texas is more talented. Miami last week was going balls out. Now Miami's like on vacation this game. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's almost the same thing. It's almost the same thing as Arkansas. When Arkansas oh, yeah. beat uh, when Arkansas beat Kansas, they were on top of the world. And then, once they faced UConn, it was like they completely took the entire game off. Right. And I mean, come on, I didn't see this coming again. I mean, UConn's a pretty good team all year. I mean, their effort level is just going through the roof compared to most other teams in this tournament. Exactly. 
you know, second mm-hmm. chance opportunities, they're very key. Yeah. Second little, chance opportunities. Yep. And UConn has just been able to do it. It's just that annoying yeah. defense, not like double teams. You know what I'm saying? Like elbow, you know, boxing out, yelling. Like they're just swarming. They're being annoying. They're being, you know, gnats on defense. Yeah. They're making it hard for people to shoot. But, uh, by the way, we do have two new updates for WrestleMania here. Rey Mysterio defeated Dominic Mysterio with the help of the reformed Latino World Order for the first time since their days in WCW. Uh, the Latino yes. well, World Order has been reformed with new members uh, as part of that faction, the WWE version of the faction. We'll put it that way. And Charlotte Flair has now dropped her SmackDown Women's Championship uh, to the new champion, Rhea Ripley. Uh, just just happened uh, literally right this second. So all I can say the, is only, Ripley. the only match remaining in this uh, in night one of WrestleMania is the Usos defending their uh, undisputed tag team championships against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. So uh, obviously that's that's the WrestleMania update here, uh, but. We are heading into the overtime hour. Still have a lot to cover, actually. We still have to get to oh, Lamar Jackson. Steve, Steve, music my ears, man. I was going to say, what, what, what are we doing? Let's keep it rocking, baby. Yeah, I mean, we still got a lot to cover. We got Lamar Jackson to talk about. We got uh, MLB opening weekend to discuss. And yeah. I'll just put this out there right now. Uh, you know, I shat talked to Boston. Throughout the entire uh, throughout the entire off season, I'm still shit talking okay. nope. them because they're because their pitching yeah. is fucking horrible. Oh, Jesus! I'm sure they got some bats. They got some They got some bats. Adam yep. Duvall, good God, if he can stay healthy, you are probably looking at another 30 home run season from Adam Duvall. You are kidding me. I literally called that what two weeks ago, and then I literally didn't watch or look at the stats. Yet, two home, two home runs, two home runs today, oh. five RBIs, including a walk off two run home run right off of the Green Monster. Ah oh, boy, thoughts, women. Yes, I can't. These predictions. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love you, honey. Wherever you are. Yeah, the no, I can't get it right. Were... These guys. I mean, Duvall. I called it Green Monster, Monster Bat. The Sox he's gonna were down two, seven. He's going to hit two. He's going to hit two fifteen, and have thirty seven home runs. Yeah, the 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 Sox were down seven to one against Baltimore, and they rallied back to win nine to eight. Wow! And the previous game was ten to nine. Got a, yeah, got a lot of impressive pitching going on. Yeah, you know, I'll 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 say this right now, Corey Kluber. <laughs> Look like looked like he isn't even. He, he looks like he's lost quite a few steps, and why he was even named the yeah. uh, the opening day starter, I will never know. But uh, walk we like got a horrible. Every year they just like switch to a new team for like eight months. Him and Walker just yeah. like have like a monopoly gone. They got a one year deal, one year deal, one year deal everywhere. Lucky. But we got a horrible. 
We got a horrible start from him. We got a horrible start from Chris Sale today. Three innings, seven runs given up. I mean, don't tell me he was out. Did he? Yeah. Was he rubbing his arm? Did he leave healthy, or was he? No, he left healthy. He left healthy. He uh, he got just, pulled just because destroyed. he sucked. <laughs> he just got destroyed, but physically yeah. he's okay. <laughs> yeah, he got pulled because wow. he sucked, and with with yeah, Tim, and with Boston. Shane Bloom borrowed the uh, handbook from the uh, Angels. Let's get a lot of cheap bats or big bats. Yeah. We don't really need arms. Yeah, and with Boston, with Boston at the time, at the time Boston entering the fourth inning was down seven to five. Uh, Alex Cora decided he wasn't going to take any chances, and uh, he ended up pulling Chris Sale after three innings. I mean, that, it's everything. If they're going to going to be able to allow. Seven, eight, nine runs. What, what is this? Beer league, softball league, Babe Ruth. Right. I mean, come on. It's uh, arms, it's assortment, of, assortment of arms. Embarrassing. But uh, so, the Red Sox newcomer uh, Kenley Jansen got the win uh, with Felix Bautista picking up the loss for the Baltimore Orioles in and and also a blown save too for Bautista. Wow. Uh, hey, and on side note, don't sleep, Don, don't fall asleep on. Uh, Baltimore man, Adley. Oh, I know. Catcher, years, Mountcastle, Mullins, oh, Gunnar Henderson. They have it, and they have a loaded on minor league. They have three or four really good bats waiting to come up. Baltimore's coming yeah, up. Yeah, Ad, Adley Rutschman. Adley Rutschman Incredible. has six has six hits. He went a perfect five for five yesterday. Uh, yeah. He only went one for five today, but he had he went a perfect five for five yesterday uh, against our Swiss cheese of a defense, and yeah. <laughs> somehow he only went one for five. Yeah, and he's a great defensive catcher, too. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. they're doing some good things in Baltimore. They, obviously, everyone says it you know, for a good reason, but, yeah, they definitely need more arms, but they have some really good uh, players coming up. Gunner they do, yeah. Fun. Mount Castle. Matter of fact, uh, if if he if he really reaches his potential, Mount Castle is like a forty thirty five home run all star guy. Santander, yeah, I, I mean they got it. five or six really good bats, and they have three or four really good um, infielder prospects that are ready to come up. They're trying to figure out where these guys are coming up, what position. Right. So I mean, I could definitely I could definitely see it with Mount Castle. I'm kind of surprised by Gunnar yeah. Henderson. Uh, Gunnar Henderson good. has started off has started off uh, this season well. Quite uh, he's been hitless through two games wow. so far. After being the number one overall prospect last year in wow. the uh, entire majors, right? Maybe he was hanging out with Kardashian over the weekend. Hopefully he gets out of it. He did have three walks. Yeah, no, he's certified. Today. He's a, he's a top, yeah. top three, top five prospect in the world. He'll get yeah, it done. Yeah, he did. He he did have three walks though earlier today. So there so there is that. Yeah. And then they have uh, uh, that shortstop who I like. They hit him ninth. I mean, the guy he'll steal thirty, forty bases. Yeah. The bottom of the order. You've got Cedric Mullins up top, who's perennial All Star. <laughs> Great center fielder. They got some talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the New York, the New York Mets, the New York Mets are off to a two and one start with a with a yeah, six to two victory, to two victory over the Miami Marlins. Yeah. Earlier today, I I just can't even watch um, 
literally, I think, like 40, 45% of the lineup. It's like, the bottom is like Vogelback, Kana, mm-hmm. Escobar, Norvais. I mean, what is this? What's going on here? And they have like three or four really good, at least at least potentially good, young, raw, like smart, hardworking guys in the minors. No, we're we're letting the veterans play. Dude, the Phillies mm-hmm. and the Braves are gonna kick your ass. These, you can't start Kana and and Escobar and expect to win a ring. I mean, come on. No. Right. How does it lot suck? Some of the other uh, some of the other teams as well. The Texas Rangers don't look now, but they are off to a two and O start to the season after right. two years of free agent signings. Yeah. Not convinced. Awesome. awesome. I know it's random. It's like a road history team, mercenaries, but nice offense. They added a lot of talent. They whooped the Philadelphia Phillies 16-3 to today, and wow. I believe yesterday – or no, they didn't play yesterday. Thursday, uh, I believe – yeah, it was, a, it was an 11-7 to victory on Thursday. So wow. they definitely have offense. I sense the team. A lot of really impressive pitching early on. Yeah. Yeah. DeGrom, like, lasted, like, uh, 14 minutes. He earned, like, $18 million. He gave up, like, nine runs. He's like, I'm good, guys. I'm going to act injured for the next three months. Thank you. Yeah, but they really bounced back, though, today with Nate Eovaldi, uh, probably their, their, <laughs> second, their, second top, uh, their second top signing of the, uh, of the offseason, this offseason. I, I love Jake. I'm just talking smack. But yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. They have a they have a really good offense. I mean, let's be honest, it's also a uh, hitter's park. I mean, that's yeah. the type of team that's four, eight, nine, ten runs a game. You know, Adolf Garcia, Tiger, Demian, Low. They got a really some really nice bats. Matter of fact, I want to take a look. Let me see. They got home runs from from Simeon. Uh, they got two home runs from Garver early, uh, wow. earlier today. And that, uh, oh, yeah. Simeon and Jigger owe them everything. Like, they paid each of them like $900 million. They better start hitting. Yeah. Well, it was like see. two ports last year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, looking at some of the other stats. We did get, uh, we got RBIs from Corey Seeger. We got mm-hmm. two RBIs from Nathaniel Lowe. I like uh, Garcia yep. had an RBI. Jankowski Good had player. an RBI. Grossman had two RBIs. Garber had six RBIs actually today. What? Yes. Yeah. Mitch. Uh, Nate Ivaldi went five innings, six hits, three earned runs, uh, six strikeouts while walking two batters. And Texas didn't really need to use their bullpen. They they had uh, one guy go three innings out of the bullpen, uh, giving up only three hits, and they brought in another guy to close it out. But, it, you know, it just – I think the Phillies, with no Reese Hoskins now, because uh, he's out yeah. for the season with his injury, uh, and Bryce Harper won't be returning for quite a bit. I think Philly is definitely – they're, they're definitely suffering from the lack of firepower that they that they uh, are missing. 
Yeah, I agree. I, th- I, just, I don't think I can take uh, yeah. Texas serious. You know, they just don't have the pitching. It's like a rotisserie, like an arcade lineup. I mean, right. to me, they're not playoff team. They look good on paper. You're not beating someone in the playoffs. You know, it also doesn't help, too, that you look at Craig Kimbrell today, gave up three runs in a third of an inning. Uh, <laughs> he was one of their – he was one of their supposed yeah. big signings of the off season. Yeah. Uh, Dominguez, Dominguez gave up six runs in no uh, no innings pitched, so he couldn't even record a single out, and he gave up six runs. Impressive. Oh, and uh, his they ERA. Soto, like, Soto, they added. He's like forty five years old, and like four hundred pounds. It's another gem they added. His, the bullpen is just a wreck. His his ERA isn't even uh, isn't even well. Let's put it this way: it isn't even recorded right now. <laughs> That's how charge. high of a number it is. Yeah, again, Phillies. I'm sorry, Phillies. Again, they're tr- they're going to try to outscore people ten to eight. I mean, Braves are the class of that division. Yeah, but that ain't that ain't going to happen though with uh, this year. Not with. Uh, Without Bryce Harper and without Reese Hoskins, oh, that's yeah. just not going to happen. Yeah. But it's just like so top heavy with these big, you know, softball bats, Schwarber, Catalanas. I don't know. I don't know. When they sound oh. like Trey Turner, I'm like, damn, that's maybe one of the best lineups. Well. They just don't pitching. We do have an impromptu match here. Uh, former Indianapolis uh-huh. Colts punter Pat McAfee. Oh, yeah. Is wrestling the Miz? What wow. here? Wow. Pat 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 McAfee has actually been he's been involved in commentary uh, with the WWE over the past year or two, but he has wow. done a couple of uh, he has done a couple of uh, a couple of appear a couple of matches though. Oh, and here comes George Kittle. George Kittle's getting involved. Wow. Oof. I, 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 George, need Dave Portnoy, I need to see Dave Portnoy get like a massive concussion. And Mac get know, like a you know, broken Mac knee was like podcast. Yeah, McAfee yeah, McAfee has that uh has that podcast that he does every yeah, day. Yeah, he's got the he's got the yeah. like five hundred thousand dollars of bling and like a black like sleeveless shirt. Right. He's like, you know, Snoop Dogg. Yeah, tough guy punter. He's like so cocky. Yeah. I think McAfee needs to get crushed and definitely Portnoy. I'll tell you though, McAfee can wrestle though. Oh, I'd, I'd take him in wrestle. my corner. I mean, he's a bigger dude, but yeah, I, just, I don't know. It'd be fun to see him get wrecked, but whatever. He is. Yeah, funny, he can. I he's mean, like annoying, he's, uh, but funny. You know, he he really has a way of getting the crowd going too. Yeah, he, he's and, um, really. You know, if uh, me or you or, Loy, if me or, you or Lou were like hanging out, he is a really funny guy. I'm just busting his balls. Oh yeah. Yeah, he really he, he's actually very popular with the crowd, and actually right now he just beat the Miz, so uh, I mean, that's another another match to be added. He fits right in. He fits yeah. right in. I mean, he's a, he's an entertainer. Yeah. Yeah. Good news for UConn. Looks like with about three and a half minutes left, it's still a fourteen point lead. So pretty sizable at this point. Yeah. I'm just kind of who wants to shoot? No rush. Look at this. I mean, just wow. 
I mean, at this at this point, and and also uh, no effort. Also, Miami Miami has taken over when it comes to uh, fouls being called. So, uh, yeah, it it almost seems like a foregone conclusion. I don't I don't want to jinx UConn, but it almost seems like a foregone conclusion at this point. Don't jinx it. Yeah, I mean, I and and you know, just glancing at the possibility of Monday, um, you know. Florida Atlantic had some flashes and some tremendous stuff. I I I didn't see much out of San Diego. No more should be underdogs. I, I don't know. UConn wins by twenty five. I, I don't know. I did not see anything much out of San Diego. Right. I mean, that's like yeah, a top fifty. Not juggernaut. The thing. The thing is, San Diego. They've had, you know, they've had a couple of close games, but. I mean, compare them to UConn. UConn has just blown teams out of the water in this tournament. Mm-hmm. It just seems they have not. They have not. Every game they've had, every game they've had has been by double digits. Uh, no yeah, exactly. Ever, no one could ever predict. And what's going on might happen again. Their best team. Their best team is the Calhoun, Rip Hamilton, Ray Allen. Never like this. I mean, it's just absurd. And here we go. Sonogo, Sonogo just uh, just reached the uh, twenty point mark. He's at twenty one now. So yeah, uh, this so, is actually. So, I, think really his, I think this is his. This might be his first two points. I think in the last ten minutes. Hurley, love you. Pull pull these guys. We don't want to sprain ankles. Get them up. A minute that, fifty left. Up by sixteen. Miami's already acting like they're dead. They're they're weak. Pull the starters. Yeah. Miami didn't want that. And. And UConn has actually increased their lead since the half. I mean, they've outscored Miami yeah. thirty-three to thirty. Yeah. So this is something you did not. If you're a Miami fan, this is something you did not want to see uh, yeah. out of out of your uh, out of your Miami uh, Hurricanes. Wow. So. Uh, looking at the uh, looking at the baseball landscape right now. Uh, first in the AL East, you have the Tampa Bay Rays with a perfect 2-0 and start, uh, scoring 16 runs through two games. Uh, let's see, who are they facing, actually? Uh, against, De- well, what? Detroit, no wonder why. Um, not here, not. Yeah, they're, they're beating, up on, beating up on the JV Tigers for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the the rest of the division, Baltimore, Boston, New York, and Toronto have split their first two games. Uh, the yeah. Central, you have Minnesota with a perfect two and zero record right now. Uh, Cleveland one and one, Chicago one and two, and both Detroit and Kansas City are zero and two to start yeah. off. Uh, Texas in the AL West with a perfect 2 and 0 record so far. Houston at 2 and 1. Uh LA, Oakland and Seattle both uh split their first two games. In the NL East, you have Atlanta with a perfect 2 and 0 record, uh followed by the Mets at 2 and 1, Miami at 1 and 2, and Philly and Washington are still winless. Uh, at 0 and 2, the NL Central. Each team has split their first two games. So Chicago, Cincinnati, Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, and St. Louis. You guys are all on even ground. 
And for the NL West, Colorado with a surprising a surprising perfect two and zero record so far against San Diego. Uh, Arizona, LA, and San Francisco have split their first two games, and of course, San Diego has lost their first two games. Yeah, they've uh, they've they seven shortstops in their in their lineup, making one hundred forty nine. Although right now, though it looks like uh, it looks like top of the ninth, it looks like uh, San Diego will get their first win of the season with an eight with an eight to four lead. I want to see like you know a couple Huskies, celebs, or alums. I want to see a little celebration, but yeah, I'm ready to switch over to some. Hey, Miami didn't honestly; they didn't even show up. They're just kind of like getting beat down. Right. We uh, some of the you know. What was that? I wanted to obviously I was hoping UConn won, but I was I was hoping to see a competitive game. I mean Miami's just like playing around like it was yeah. a pickup game. Yeah, exactly. Uh seventy two to fifty seven with a minute left and that's pretty much gonna seal it for uh yep. for UConn here. And yep, they're actually they're starting to with one minute left they've uh they've stopped hey. two people, I think. Come on, Bill Murray. Get the beer bung. Do the right thing. So, oh, oh not yet. The Hurley's going to come up. So it looks like it will be UConn and San Diego State. And to be perfectly honest, I just don't. I I don't see how UConn loses. Fred's going to be like minus eight. Do I. I, I yeah, I'll be very interested to see what the spread is. Minus six tonight. Yeah. What a one. I can't I can't place bets in Florida. I told two of my friends, play something. Oh, well. yeah, yeah, I'll be very I'll be very interested to see what ride them. Ride them to the bank if you can. Oops. You know, I should probably tell my friend about that to put to put some money on UConn. Yeah. DeSantis has me limited okay. out here. No betting in Florida. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, here it's we go. Uh, <laughs> eight, seven, six. Uh, it's yeah. over. What's the, what's there the uh, NBA or uh, MLB uh, game on uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Did the NBA finish up? Um, I know they only had one game left. Uh, New Orleans defeated LA 122 to 114. So, yeah, the NBA is wow. done for the night. They only had two games actually. Oh, how did I not get this? Okay, uh, so we do have something else for the NBA to talk about. Uh, the Hall of Fame class has been announced. Yep. Oh, and we have Dirk Nowitzki and Dwayne Wade headlining this year's class along with Pau Gasol, Tony Parker, Greg Popovich, and Becky Hammond. Can't go wrong with Becky Hammond. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah, they're all in. Yeah, they're all in. And honestly, you know, I, 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 when, when they first announced yeah. who the finalists would be, I found it very hard to believe that that neither of these, uh, you know, that it wouldn't be every one of these getting in. 
I found yeah. it very, very hard to believe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this doesn't really come as a surprise to me, seeing these names. They might sound uh, let's see. Some of the other names, though, there's other names that are including. Uh, also getting the call to the Hall of Fame, uh, former North Carolina State coach Jim Valvano. Uh, the entire 1976 U.S. Olympic women's basketball team. Yeah. Uh, former, former Purdue coach Gene Keedy is also getting the call, as yep. well as former Texas A&M women's coach Gary Blair. Uh, longtime coach at Division Three Amherst, David Hickson, Hickson, and Gene Bess, who won 1,300 games as a junior college coach at Three Rivers Community College That's in Poplar, Missouri. 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 So those are the official Hall of Fame uh, inductees this year. And... I mean, honestly, you know, you just you take a look at at the headlining names. You know, Nowitzki was a shoe in for mm-hmm. uh, once he once he officially retired, he was a shoe in. Dwayne yep. Wade was a shoe in. Uh-huh. Uh You know, there was some debate around Parker, but honestly, you know, with that whole entire Spurs juggernaut that you had of Parker, Ginobili, Duncan. Oh yeah. And also, and also, Greg Popovich, you know, as the uh, as the wow. head coach, you know, it's like how how can you not see all of them getting in getting into the Hall of Fame? Yeah, it'd be like if you uh, don't see it, you're like the whole the whole band is getting together. Then like, what's yeah, the picture? Steve Kerr on the uh, tambourine in the background. No, I mean that core four is big. Ginobili, Parker. I, they're both like very good players. I mean, Duncan Robinson, surefire. But I mean, you know, Parker, Ginobili, they're getting in due to their resume. They got the resume. They got to get in. Come on. Yeah. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, so uh, in the NBA, apparently Bradley Beal is under police investigation for a post-game altercation with right. fans in Orlando. Yep. Okay. Apparently. Uh, and his agent, Mark Bartlestein, uh, is blaming the fans for their abusive language toward Bradley Beal, uh, saying the comments and words that were spewed at Brad in Orlando have no place anywhere in our society. For him to be subject to that type of verbal abuse is absolutely unacceptable. I believe the league is going to have to take a much closer look as to what is happening in NBA arenas to protect the players. And I know that where we have where we have advanced with gambling is certainly having a huge impact on this behavior. Uh, also, so basically, what started this whole thing? I guess. What did he do? Try to swing at someone, or did someone attack him? Well, what what apparently happened was a man in the stands who had made a bet on the game allegedly told Beal, you made me lose $1,300, you fuck, while the guard was heading to, while Beal was heading toward the locker room. I was not in that. Uh, yeah, grateful. Yeah, yeah. 
Beal, Beal apparently turned around and walked toward the stands and then swatted at a friend of the man who made the comment, making contact oh, with his head and knocking his hat off. Yeah. Again, I love the NBA. These guys, I mean, if they if someone heckles or, or calls them, you know, weak or, you know, the game, they're like, no. seriously, man. Yeah, and it says here, according to TMZ Sports, the fans involved in the confrontation were, who were sitting courtside were heckling Beal for much of the night and made multiple disparaging comments aimed at the Wizards star. Uh, there is no word as of yet, though, whether or not Beal will face any charges for the incident. I, yeah, I could never do that, but, yeah, those guys are making, you know, millions and millions. Mm-hmm. Got to take it with the turf. If, if they start saying something about your wife or your mom, then you can go at them. But, I mean, who knows? Whatever. Everyone's got a story, a side of the story. Right. Those guys got yeah, I mean, I, I, Obviously, no. there's, two different, there's two sides of the story, but at the same time, you know, it, 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 his agent does bring up an interesting point. Uh, you know, we've seen incidents over the last couple of years that have taken place uh, involving certain players and fans, but with gambling now being part of the picture, you know, it will make you wonder whether or not we may see these instances increase as time moves forward. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fine line. You know, it'll basically be like, how many times are these are these instances going to pop up here? Uh, it, you know, it's it's basically going to embolden people to, to you know, to uh, to lash out, basically. Yeah. Also, uh, I mean, someone could say something really terrible, or maybe they're just. You never know. And then if they react on a huge things, I mean, it's a weird situation. They should have security with them. But, oh, well. Right. They should. And also, it says here, following the bankruptcy of crypto exchange company FTX, the Miami Heat's arena will be getting a new name. Uh, according to Douglas Hanks of the Miami Herald, uh, the arena will now be called the Casilla Center. Uh, which they agreed to the Casilla Center, K-A-S-E-Y-A. And uh, a $117 million agreement with a local software company was approved or will be approved next week by commissioners of Miami-Dade County. Wow. Yeah, wow. So, yeah. Uh, that's basically uh, that's basically it when it comes to when it comes to the basketball news. Uh, not great news though for the Ottawa Senators who are somehow looking to stay alive in the NHL playoff picture. Uh, they will be losing center Derek Brassard for the remainder of the season uh, as he will Good. undergo surgery to repair a fractured fibula. So, uh, the recovery timeline is six to eight weeks, and he did have a plate put in as well. So, uh, he is done 
for the remainder of the season here. Uh, and quite frankly, he was a quality depth contributor for them this year, con- uh, contributing 13 goals in 62 games. Oof. Yeah. But still, it's a big loss for a team that's looking to try and make the playoffs. And considering they also do not have uh, their prized uh, their prized player Jacob Chitrin, who they got at the trade deadline, either. So. Oh. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, a little bit of uh, a little bit of WrestleMania history being made here. Uh, I just noticed this. This is the first time that a tag team match will headline a oh. WrestleMania event. I like that fun fact. Just uh, a, just a it was just a little tidbit. I just uh, I literally just saw it on Twitter right now. Also, Thanasis uh, and Penacumpo has been suspended one game without pay for headline or for headbutting Celtics big man Blake Griffin as part of yesterday's forty-one uh, point loss to the Boston Celtics. So. Uh, the lesser known Antetokounmpo brother will serve his suspension tomorrow when the Bucks host Philadelphia. Oof. Yeah, it's going to be a big yeah. loss for them. They're going to miss his uh, clipboard. Exactly, yeah. He has no business touching a, a professional court, but his brother. Yeah, give me $5 million a year. I'm Greek Freak's brother. We're a package deal. <laughs> nice setup. Yeah. Oh my God! It's it's I I, I you just sign my four it, brothers uh, and then I'll sign a long term deal. Sign my four brothers and then I'll sign the Mega Max. Okay, done. Okay. <laughs> you would do that. Uh, also, this week, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge he he officially announced his retirement from the NBA uh, yes, after man. 16 seasons in the league. Uh, he did work out for a few teams this season, but he has not played since the end of last year. Very talented player. And he was he was awesome for just a few brief years with Brandon Roy. You remember him? Twenty six years old. Yep. Career. There, there were two of the best young players, and then they had Greg Oden. I think they all played together like ten games. <laughs> Oof. And Brandon Roy somehow washed out of the league too, right? Oh, uh, Brandon Roy was incredible. Lillard, but at like six foot six, he he was done by twenty six years old. He had like horrendous knee and uh, ankle injuries. Could hardly like walk. Stop his career. Right, that's yeah, why. Yeah. But I, I forgot. I forgot exactly what it yeah. was. But yeah, I mean, and then Aldridge was like quick and like Aldridge was like quick and six eleven hitting threes. And then Greg right. Oden was like a huge beast. I mean, that was going to be like pretty nice nucleus. Literally, they played together like. And yeah. all their careers. Oof. Uh, the, the this is uh this is bad news for the Minnesota Timberwolves if they're expecting to go on a <laughs> long deep playoff run. Uh, they will be doing so without backup center Nas Reed, who yeah. will be undergoing surgery on his fractured left wrist, and thus will miss the next six weeks of the season or I mean, or not, not of the season, but he'll miss the entire rest of the regular season and he'll basically be out for the next six weeks. 
This year, off of the bench, he has contributed 11.5 points per game, 4.9 rebounds, and 1.1 assists per game. So, needless to say, it is a significant loss for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yep. As he's been – actually, his last couple of games that he had played – 26 points against Atlanta, 23 points against Golden State in a win against Golden State, might I add. 18 points against Sacramento, 15 against Phoenix, 12 against New York. So, needless to say, uh, yeah, this is a uh, significant loss for uh, for the Minnesota Timberwolves here moving forward. Yeah, definitely. Now let's watch get to uh, the Lamar Jackson. Indian, Indian, Indian Seattle over here on MLB. Not bad. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, you know what? I forgot to, I forgot to mention this, too. Uh, the New York Mets, they have placed Verlander on the 15-day injured list already. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. His arm is broken. What's the How problem? do you oh, handle that? Wait, yeah. his arm is I mean, broken? No, I'm kidding. No, it's literally like they, no, it's like an abductor strain or something like you know, two hours before you're supposed to pitch. He's like, oh, I need to go oh. on the deal. It's just, it's just an awful start. It was a, it was a bad joke. I'm pretty crafty. I'm pretty skilled at providing bad jokes. Yeah, it was just like a phantom random injury, like a second before opening day. Oh, great start to the career. Yeah, it does say it does he, he say and Max though, are great at like will... uh, you know, he and Max are great at like making a ton of money and like getting injured and underperforming. Good times. Yeah, it does say here, though, that he will continue throwing at moderate intensity and he will be rescanned in a week. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like the guy. Let's see. It's not a good start. I mean, come on. He hasn't even pitched yeah. yet and he's injured. <laughs> not, not, right. Not the, not the start we wanted. Exactly, yeah. Uh, also, uh, Milwaukee shortstop Luis Urias will miss the next six to eight weeks with a left hamstring strain according to Brewers manager Craig Council. Uh, and from what it sounds like, it sounds like uh, to expect expect them to be without Aureus for closer to the eight-week mark of that time frame. Uh, let's see. Brought up Reese Hoskins. Uh, oh. Yeah, Philly's already pillaged. So, Two key players. It looks, it looks like uh, the... There are negotiations going on between the Pirates and their star outfielder, Brian Reynolds. However, uh, it says the two sides have agreed on a multi-year package valued at $106 million, according to the Pittsburgh, Post, uh, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, at, eight, at over eight years. However, an opt-out clause is apparently the sticking point in negotiation talks. Uh. I mean, they're just not even going the distance. I mean, he's a really modest guy, and apparently his family out there, really, he's like, oh, I'll stay in Pittsburgh if you guys want me. And it's like, yeah, I mean, he's going to leave Yankees or somewhere. I hope they can yeah. come to an agreement, but it's ridiculous. If you can't come to an agreement, then don't have 30,000 people come to the stadium. You don't deserve a stadium. Yeah. you got to pay your best. Right. Money. You know, whatever. Yes. He wants to And also – what was that? No, I'm just saying bottom line. He, he, apparently he wants yeah. to stay there. 
So they're going to fight tooth and nail and take five months, and he's probably eventually going to get pissed off and leave. <laughs> oh, probably. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they potentially, if a deal isn't reached this season, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they potentially deal him at the deadline. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the thing. The great, the great young shortstop, O'Neill Cruz, Reynolds. I mean, they have some pieces. But, yeah, they're already messing up with uh, Reynolds, the loyal guy. Yeah, big time. Uh, Sergio Romo has officially retired from professional baseball uh, after stop uh, or after stepping off the mound at Oracle Park for the final time on this past Monday in a exhibition game against the Oakland Athletics, putting a bow on his 15-year career in which he was a part of three World Series championships for the San Francisco Giants. Uh, he finishes with 137 career saves and 821 appearances in the majors since 2008. And also, he will go down as the first opener in baseball history when he made five starts with the Tampa Bay Rays during the mm. 2018 campaign. I'm actually kind of surprised that he even signed uh, a deal this past off season. I thought I thought he wouldn't even uh, unless he just signed the deal so that he could retire as a member of the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, true. Which could be possible. Uh, we do have a bit of NBA or of NFL news. Uh, first off, Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson said he requested a trade back on March 2nd. And yeah. this is basically the result of the Ravens' lack of interest in, in meeting his value, which basically he feels that he should have another fully guaranteed contract. Mm. Just, like, uh, just like Deshaun Watson does. And, a terrible question. He broke the whole, you know, equation. So everyone's chasing oh, that yeah. money. Deshaun should have never gotten that money, obviously. So, oh, no. no. I, I'm worth more than him. He was never worth that. So everything's messed up. Despite his trade request, though, uh, according to Ian Rappaport, Lamar Jackson does continue to negotiate a new contract with the Ravens throughout this whole thing. Um, and one of the teams who is who is considered to be out on the talks are the new, are the New England Patriots according to the Athletics Jeff Howe despite Robert Kraft Patriots owner Robert Kraft claiming on Monday that Jackson was interested in joining the team according to a text that he received from good friend Meek Mill yes the rapper wow. Meek Mill so what's the uh, Meek Mill well it's the case of you know, Lamar just he, – he wants a guaranteed contract, and there's no owner in this league that is going to set that precedent. Yeah. And, no, you know, obviously very gifted, legendary player, but, yeah, also coming off injuries. You can't do it. There's no way. That, you know, I, I guarantee you if he signs a deal, uh, unless he just plays on the franchise tag, there's a possibility he could sign the franchise tag and play on that. But uh, there's no way in hell 
there's going to be any team that's going to give him a guaranteed contract. Because if you give him a guaranteed contract, that means uh, Joe Burrow will get a guaranteed contract. That means that Justin Herbert will get a guaranteed contract. It's basically setting a danger. It would set a dangerous precedent. Would you still think? Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. shot in the dark. Shouldn't Bill? Shouldn't they just get him and then worry about negotiating? I mean, Lamar Jack would be a game changer in New England. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, though, the Patriot. You know, the Patriots. Uh, I don't think it could work money wise, honestly, because Lamar would actually have to take. You, uh, he would have to pull a Brady basically, and yeah. agree to agree to multiple pay cuts. Yeah, I mean he's he's making it unrealistic for anyone to acquire him. Yeah, there's yeah. just no way there, there's no way that there's going to be any team that's going to give him what he wants. No. But what's interesting though is the Ravens are acting they're they're acting right now as if they're going to be moving into this upcoming season without him on the roster. Yeah, right. Which I find interesting. I find it very weird. So even though they're negotiating a new deal, yet they're acting as if they're not going to have him on the roster. So that opens the possibility that Lamar Jackson could actually not play this season. Yeah. He's coming off an injury, not getting any younger. Yeah. I mean, could we see a potential holdout from from Lamar? Oh, absolutely. He's already stated it. So. Oh, no question about that. So he's going to get up. I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if the, if we did see a holdout. I don't even know what to think uh, of him, honestly, because you have to revamp. You have to add everyone around him. You have to build a whole offense around him. So he's, yeah. he's acting pretty selfish. Yeah. This one is kind of a, a shocker, though. According to Yahoo's Charles Robinson, the Green Bay Packers could could receive a 2023 second round draft pick and a 2024 second rounder from the Jets in exchange for Aaron Rodgers. You mean to tell me that? Oh, it does say that the 2024 second round right. pick could graduate to a first round pick with achievable team performance escalators. I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, right. If if I'm the Packers. I'm not giving up Rodgers unless I get a guaranteed first-round pick. Yeah, you got to play hardball. You're right. I mean, it's their most prized um, asset. Their their most important commodity in the last decade. They can play hardball. Yeah, I mean, somebody of Rodgers' caliber. I mean, I know people have said maybe Rodgers has fallen off a cliff. But let's face it, Green Bay fucking sucked last year. Their offense was absolutely horrible. I bash Aaron Rodgers more than, uh, you know, Danica Patrick or any of his exes. All right, don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, I know he's very, very talented. He's a gifted player. He's got plenty of value. He's basically – now, I'm not saying he's Tom Brady level, but, uh, you know, he's he's worth more than two second rounders. Put it that way. 
it just such a such a weird such a weird scenario though. You know, giving them a list of players they have to sign, and then oh, yeah. now they're they're balking at the different deals. It's like, it's is it ever going to get done? No. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, that's a that's a big that's a big question not, too. Not is whether good. or not that will actually ever get done. You know, Aaron Rodgers said that it's all up to Green Bay now. It's yeah. all up to them, basically. Uh-huh. As far as to whether or not a deal gets made. Uh, yeah. But, you know, who knows? Uh, as as GM uh, Brian Gukunst uh, has said, there is no timeline for an Aaron Rodgers trade. So it sounds like this this could potentially take as as long as maybe maybe the post or uh, maybe the preseason. Yeah. Potentially. I mean, the guy ne- never makes the easy. So, yeah, it, it's in quicksand now. Ridiculous. And I just, I just find it astounding that he, that he even said the team does not necessarily need a first-round pick for the first ballot Hall of Famer. <laughs> like, are, I'm sorry, are you insane? If you're, you must be. You know, I'm wondering, is he just I mean, Steve, receiving? Steve, you're, is he Steve, you're just, acting like he's loyal. You're acting like he's loyal. He doesn't care about Green Bay. He's a diva. No, I know that. But what I'm saying is, though, you know, if you're a general manager – and you want you would you would want to you would want to maximize as much of a return as you could possibly get. Of course, of course. Especially for a star player like Aaron Rodgers. And I'm sorry, but I, the GM saying that they do not necessarily need a first round pick in return for a first ballot Hall of Famer. Why would what? you say that? Jeez. It just doesn't yeah, make sense at all. A, guy needs to go to a GM class. How to speak? It, you don't reveal that. Now, now his value is lower. Yeah, exactly. Right. I, I mean, I'm just, I, I, honestly, I'm just, dumb, I'm dumbfounded by this whole entire, the, you know, this whole entire thing. But I guess it sounds like that. It sounds like the Packers want. Straight shot draft picks without qualifiers want the Jets want such high level of compensation to be based on the team performance of 2023 and Rodgers also potentially playing for New York in 2024. Because I guess the Jets don't want Rodgers to to come over for one year and then leave after 2023. I mean, you can't trust the guy. He's capable of retiring week three. It's got such a head catch. It's a mess. I mean, it is understandable from the Jets' point of view. It is understandable. But still, you know, if I'm Green Bay, it's I'm like, okay, you're not going to give me a first round. You're not going to give me a guaranteed first round pick. Well, fine then. I'll hang on yeah. to him. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's probably better than the Baltimore situation. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's like fine. I'll hang on to him, and he can be my starter for another season until you decide that you want to give me what what I want. Yeah, I mean, they have every right to play hardball. The thing is, I don't know how many suitors, how many people are going to actually offer that pick. I think the Jets are, the, you know, that's that's the marriage right there. They got to make it work. 
I, I don't think another team's going to step up. Uh, probably not. Uh, I mean Tampa Bay. Yeah. Oh, they just signed Dick okay. and April, though. Okay. So, so watch Tampa. out. Big Baker's in Tampa, so watch out. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. I forgot. I forgot they signed Baker. Um, I mean, I wouldn't rule out New England, honestly. You know, as weird as it is to say, I wouldn't rule out New England because I'm waiting on Bill to make one of these last crazy moves. Yeah, I mean, he's come on. These right. guys are out there. I would get Rodgers in a second. Rodgers, I mean, dude, Bill Belichick would love to have Rodgers for for two or three seasons. I mean, come on. Right. I mean, Belichick has been infatuated with Rodgers ever since. Uh, you know, every single time, every single time that uh, that they've uh, that they've played against each other. What is the deal, though? You always, I always hear Belichick. Oh, I mean, they won't give up the picks, but as we all always talk about it, then he misses all of his draft picks. Give him up. Get a player. Get a awesome quarterback. Right. right. Uh, the thing that gets me is the fact that New England is still uh, Belichick is still uncommitted to naming Mac Jones the starter this year. He's literally he he keeps saying both Mac and Bailey Zappi will have a chance to play. I'm sorry. But so bad. If 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 I drafted Mac Jones with the 14th or whatever pick he was in the draft, I think it was the 15th pick or something. If I drafted Mac Jones with the 15th pick, he's fucking yeah. starting. Uh, yeah, okay. uh, yeah, exactly. Or else you just you're an idiot. You just wasted a huge um, draft pick. You have to commit to the yeah. Not to mention, not to mention, you also brought in Bill O'Brien to turn him around on offense, turn your to completely yeah. turn your offense around. Imagine it, uh, it kind of uh, messes with a quarterback's mind and psyche when his big time coach doesn't even want to commit to him. He's like, "What am yeah. I doing? Do they want me? Should I go? Should I quit? What? I mean, come on." I you mean to tell me? That you're gonna you're gonna make all these changes, and then you're gonna decide. No, nah, I'm just gonna go with Bailey Zappi instead. Yeah, you can't publicly say it. you have There's to give him a vote. You, you got to give him a vote of confidence. Right? Yeah, yeah. H- had a record young quarterback by uh, Bill Belichick. And by the way, from what I've heard, I've heard Matt Patricia is still a part of the staff. <laughs> he still has parts. He has his key card. They haven't. He's, he's, they haven't. He's on the top they haven't given him an official name. They haven't given him an official name, but they've. Uh, but apparently, he is still part of the staff. He said outsider. Yeah, he's he's kind of hanging out still in the cafeteria. People are like, are you still with us? He's like, I don't know. He's he's eating lunch with uh, Mac Jones. They don't know where they're going. If they like him or not, they're just hanging out. Yeah. Oh, by the way, this uh, this apparently just in as part of the new CBA for the NBA, uh, it will give players the ability to invest in not just NBA but also WNBA teams, as well as promote and or invest in sports betting and cannabis companies, as well. Great. 
so, it's for the children. It, uh, it, 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 just, it just seems like it's, it's basically giving players more opportunity to, to, make, a, to make a profit. Is what this looks yeah. like. Yeah. Players oh, make a, yeah, make a wish. Okay, I get it now. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just saying the role. When they play hardball, it's it's either Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James or nothing. I mean, they just yeah. always, when they negotiate, they always win. I I think more power to them. I'm impressed. But, I mean, you know, there's no, like, uh, long delay. It's like whatever the NBA players want, they get. Yeah, it's it, it, honestly it is kind of sad that they're basically catering to the players. But yeah. this did they did risk though they did risk a possible uh, a possible lockout next yeah. year if this wasn't agreed that to. Been a, that would have been devastating. That's oh, yeah. true. So, you know it's. It, it, it was, it, I guess, it, it was a necessary evil for the uh, yeah. for the owners to have to agree to. Yeah, and plus, I mean, look at it. money. Money talks. Business is booming. Keep the players happy. Keep the money rolling in. Better. Right. Uh, looks like they are setting up the finish here. Looks like the Usos are about to drop their tag team championships. Uh, there we go. One, two, three. Yep, new champion. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. To end, to end night one of WrestleMania. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, it just, they're basically catering to the players, essentially. Uh, mm-hmm. The play, you, you could basically say that the that the players, you know, had the league by the balls, essentially. Yeah. But uh, let's see. Some well, I got, other. I got I got Tampa Bay Rays post game extra. Really fun viewing. Oh. It really pays oh. to be out in some Florida. Well, th- this uh, this will this will apparently shut down a couple of uh, a couple of rumors. Uh, Broncos general manager George Patton uh, has proclaimed that the team is not interested in trading wide receivers Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. And yeah. wow. this is interesting considering the fact that Judy has been one of the focal points of yeah. the trade rumors around wide receivers this off season. Talented first rounder, Alabama. Yeah, he's just does. Yeah. Which, you know, it, it kind of makes kind of makes me wonder if uh if they're you know, they're basically going all in essentially with the uh, with the Sean Payton regime. So Payton must yeah. really uh must really see something in these two. Yeah, I mean, maybe he actually feels that yeah. he can. The only way it's gonna be like what nine, can... nine and eight or ten and seven. I mean, that's the craziest division. Yeah, Denver touched the playoffs with Russell Wilson, but I could be wrong. It looks like he feels that they can that that he that he can fix Russell Wilson too. So, 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to – new coach, he wants to keep his best receivers, so don't blame him. Right. Uh, also, yeah, the I – mean, Russell couldn't hit the side of a barn. He looked completely shot. So I, I don't know what, what yeah. to expect from Russell. Yeah, I know. It's 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 weird with Russell. Uh, you know, there's been it, – it's, it's just weird that we've seen such a huge drop-off from his time – from his final year in Seattle to – what we're seeing to, to what we saw this past uh, the, this past season with Denver, and just looking lost, very strange. Yeah, it was weird. It, it you know it, it wasn't a it what it, it wasn't the same Russell Wilson that people were used to seeing with the Seattle uh, yeah. with the Seattle Seahawks all those years. Yeah. Uh, also, the Cardinals, they apparently have granted DeAndre Hopkins permission to speak with other teams about a potential trade. Uh, so that market should start getting moving uh, at some point here. All over should be on they that. should be. They should be, yeah. But I don't know if they're going to want to pay, depending on what the price is, which is probably like a second-round pick. Uh, also, uh, Marvin Jones, he returns to the Detroit Lions, uh, having previously played for them for five seasons from 2016 to 2020 uh, after, a one, after one year with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, with that being said, that is going to wrap it up for tonight. Uh, thank you to Alex and Lou for joining me as always. A reminder, you got uh, anybody who is interested in the Survivor 44 recap show, Thursday nights we will recap everything going on in Survivor.